Hey, everybody. Welcome to the last episode of CORE for the year 2020. That's right. It's Wednesday, December 30th, and this is the very last podcast of the year for CORE, and we were just discussing anything Frog Pants related. That's it. This is it. If you haven't listened up till now and you were thinking, man, can't wait for whatever they do on the 31st, got some bad news for you. The answer is nothing. Taking the day off tomorrow. Holiday, baby. I'm going to sing Holiday Road as I as I live it tomorrow by the great uh, Lindsay Buckingham. And you all are going to just have to groove on it because that's what I'm giving you instead of any other new show. So that's tomorrow. But today we do this. We're here. We're going to talk about video games. We're going to give our core awards away t- uh, today, which is a fancy way of making it sound, even though it's not really that fancy. We're just going to talk about our favorite games of the year, <laughs> um, which yeah. is totally fine with us. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger, and we're going to jump right into it. Uh, first off, something came up right before we hit record that John said, and I think it's important that we uh, discuss this. This was a weird year for me for multiplayer games and hadn't really thought of it until I saw your note in here. But most years, uh, there's a, a pretty decent chunk of what I do in gaming that is d- devoted to strictly multiplayer stuff. And probably the most multiplayer time I spent this year was with you guys in Dwarf Rock game. Uh, what's it called? <laughs> I like that you combined Deep our Rock fake name with the real name. <laughs> right. Dwarf Rock game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rock, uh, Deep Rock Galactic. We played that a bunch together. And I think, and that was a co-op thing, so it wasn't even really a PvP thing. But that's probably the most multiplayer experience I had during the year. I know it was. Like, for sure it was for a single game. And there were little bits here and there, but this is the first year where I played a lot less of games like Heroes of the Storm and Overwatch and games that I would normally put a little time into. Um, I don't know why that is. And John, before the show, you said you think you might have also had a low multiplayer year um, in 2020. Um, Bo, how I know you 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 still the best heroes player in this room, but I'm not sure you played you know this year probably less than most years right like since uh, it came out. yeah I didn't play that much uh, to be honest right you know I had my I had my little flirtations yeah. dip my toe back in but a lot of other games out there to play well I'm playing those isn't that weird I like, do miss playing multiplayer was this also the year of Vermintide uh, no Vermintide like, was 2019 I believe we were yeah, we didn't that. play it in 20 yeah okay yeah. and 2021 might be the year of Darktide which is Darktide uh, looks good yeah. That's the stuff you need when you got a real frustrating stain in your sweater and you just need to go to the hardcore stuff. Dark Tide. Get it every time. That's a joke only Americans will get because we have Tide here. Anyway, the joke is dumb and I'm not going to keep going down that road. But I will say (laughs) this. We have Tide here too. Oh, you do? All right. I shouldn't have assumed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Maybe you had something Tide Tide is a global brand. They don't get Tide in Canada. They have hoodadoos or something. (laughs) Where'd you take your suit? (laughs) Hoodadoos? Yeah, I uh, washed my pants with who to do's. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, wait, who's that coffee guy everyone loves up there? Try, uh, Tim Horton. Everyone takes everything to Tim Horton's. Why don't you just may as well do clothes there? It's fine. Do that too. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so what was my point? My point was uh, multiplayer down, down. Multiplayer numbers are down, at least in my world. And I can't really explain why, because you would think that in a more isolated sort of situation like COVID-19 pushed, pushed a lot of people into, including gamers, that we would have gone, oh, well, instead of all these outside social interactions I normally get by meeting my friends at the arcade or, you know, going to the bar or whatever people do with their time, 
Uh, I will now move it online and play everything with my friends online. And I just didn't freaking do it. And I don't know. I don't know why. In fact, I, not only did I not do it, but outside of rock game, I didn't, I didn't actively seek it out. Like I maybe even actively avoided it uh, with very few exceptions. Again, that game and you guys in general, like whenever we want to play, I'm always, I'm down to clown a um, little bit of Jackbox stuff on TMS and, and with you guys and stuff like that. But for the most part, I would like be if somebody said, "Hey, Scott, you should spend all night with us in Fortnite or whatever." I just, you know, I'd think of th- things I'd rather spend my time doing, and I can't. I got a theory. Can't explain it. What's I, your theory, John? I think for a lot of people, um, maybe some of us, you know, it, it changed the work dynamic. Changed this year. Um, you know, whether that was working from home or. You know, I lost my job and was then spending a lot more time parked at my computer um, and having to manage things at home, having the kids around and they're having to do school from home and stuff like that. And what it kind of turned into is you you kind of go through the things you have to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was now on the computer. And a lot of the social interactions we had to have were through Zoom meetings and stuff like that. And I think when it came down to, okay, well, now you have free time, it just turned into, okay, I don't want to have a headset on. I don't want to be on a Zoom call. I don't want to be scheduling time together with people. I'm doing that all day anyway. Mm. I want to just step back and either find something away from the screen to do or something that's a little more insular that's just going to be me, you know, doing it myself. I think I think it was just a year that kind of nurtured that sort of thing rather than let's all meet up in a game. Cause I think we were trying to find other ways of connecting um, besides just like, ah, let's get into rat game and kill rats. I like your theory. I think there's probably something to it. Um, although I'd like to change that. Like one of my goals in 2021 is to, is to be more social with my game time than I was this last year and be a little less selfish with my game time. Um, although to my, to my, uh, not to my credit, but to my defense, the best games or the biggest games this year were a lot of really single player focused games. Um, yeah, I'm not sure I'd call it a resurgence or anything cause I'm not sure they were ever dipping too hard, but it did seem like we had kind of crescendoed toward the end of 2018, 2019 with, the glut of looter shooters and games as a service and battle Royales took off and all that stuff happened. And it just was overwhelmingly huge. And it felt like 2020 was a a bit of a drop back into, okay, well then also remember we have these big epic single player experiences and some of them have been a long time coming like cyberpunk and last of us two and, and, and others that were notable, uh, new assassin's creed game, after a year and a half hiatus, like big single player focused, you know, massive games that uh, we didn't necessarily have as much of last year, at least AAA titles wise. So I think that may have fed into it a little bit. Those That's just where our gamer eyes were pointed. Yeah. Uh, Bo, any additional thoughts on why multiplayer is not souring, but maybe took a back seat for the three of us? I don't know. I've been wanting to play multiplayer games a lot. So I'm I'm just I just think we're all pretty busy. I'm sure the pandemic had a lot to do with that. Yeah. But um yeah. I think there's a lot of fun game experiences. We've been focusing more on playing single player experiences because our, our show focuses on that as well. We want to share those stories. Right. But um yeah, no. I'm definitely sick of Discord calls. 
<laughs> everyone's like, wow, Zoom. And at first it was kind of cool. I'm introducing people to this stuff. Now I'm like, I do this like three times a week. And I, yeah, why do we got to call? You know, I, I'm sort of at like peak mm. online call. Not that I dislike doing this or anything. Just that, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just constantly on Zoom calls. And like, there's nothing more that I want right now than to be outside. Yeah. <laughs> just doing non-home things. Because I already do enough of that. Uh, that was my thing before everyone else was now at home having Christmas over Zoom and things like that. Yeah, I agree. I, I look forward to, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's hard to say this in the winter. And in your case, in my case, like real winter, not yeah. John's not John's lovely summer or summer winter he's it's about to have. 60 something degrees outside, you guys. I got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, oh. I'm, I'm definitely feeling the seasonal depression. Also with the freaking... <laughs> daylight savings time bs like it's dark at five like i leave my office for work and it's just like nighttime and yeah when i start the show time for bed like i feel tired i'm older dad seems like i'm tired let's go to sleep by the time this show starts it's blackout and i i don't like that so this whole winter thing is a bummer and uh yeah you know add that on top of everything else it's just a little screwy but you know new year coming temperatures will thaw We'll get out there a little bit, maybe, maybe if we can get our asses together on this whole uh, vaccine business and, uh, you know, get to a place of normalcy or somewhat normalcy. And then we're then we're less dependent on that. I agree with you, though. It's like these tools we've been using for years and years and years. Right. Like I've been trying to figure out how to stream video over the Internet since you could even do that and do it poorly. But I was still trying to do it in like 2005 and kind of pulled it off with the jankiest of results. And so as time has gone on, we have glommed on to every new way to do it, every new service that cropped up, every new uh, option that new bandwidth gave us, whatever. And now the rest of the world had to figure, had to do it suddenly. And they had to cram it kind of in terms of like learning what was available and how to do it. And now it just feels like that's the way everybody's talking all the time. And I do look forward to, you know, just a good old fashioned. I'm sitting on a couch talking to my friend kind of day. Yeah. Uh, when that day comes. So soon enough, everybody. Not soon enough is what I meant to say. <laughs> it'll be yeah. it'll be a ways <laughs> off. Anyway, uh, so that's what I wanted to say about multiplayer games. Just a weird thing this year for me. But again, I think there'll be an uptick uh, in general. And uh, I think it'd be fun for us to just sort of rip into some of the stuff that jumped out at us this year. So since I spoke to you guys last in a core capacity, I discovered, played, and then found all at the same time my game of the year within about a week's time. And I didn't expect that. I thought it would be like me kind of reaching back through the months going, oh, what about this? What about that? Whatever. What really jumped out at me and stuck with me? Was it Hades? Was it, the you know, what was it? And in the end, it ended up being a game that I would argue kind of came very quietly, even though we all knew about it. John's talked about it for a long time because you were like, what's happening with this game we saw at E3 two years ago? And yeah, I was excited about it when it had a good title um, <laughs> before it got a bad one. Yeah, uh, when it was called when it was Gods, called and, Gods Monsters. and Monsters. Yeah, that's the one. Um, but uh, yeah, I was really excited about this game. And then you ended up getting to it first because like a lot of people, it came out and you didn't hear great things. Nobody seemed to be talking about it. It was half off, like at most retailers this past week. Mm -hmm. So, wow, already? Yeah, that, that's what I said. I was like, this game must have been just a lemon. And then Scott checked in and 
said otherwise. And I love probably the, the only person people playing it are the ones on Ubisoft Connect, anyways. Maybe. I mean, part of it is so okay. So I was hearing good things about it reviews wise, and I went, well, if this is good, I probably should check it out at some point. But I think what happened is it got released right around the time that everything was a little bit glutted together, including Ubisoft's own titles. Um, they had a big crowd there at the end where it felt like Valhalla and to some extent um, the third, uh, what's it called? Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs 3, better freaking Legion, was was kind of fighting you know, with, with Valhalla for sort of open world space. And, and they kind of had that going on where it just felt like they were releasing a lot of samey stuff. And in the case of, um, of Phoenix Rising, which is now called Immortals Phoenix Rising, which, by the way, is a way better title once you played it for a while because once you start to get into who this character Phoenix is, uh, it's I don't mind the title at all. But it's not a great first impression title of a new IP because it just sounds like a terrible like mobile game. Uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising is just a stupid name. But now that I know who Phoenix is, I understand the the Immortals and what I'm doing with them, a.k.a. the gods, and the heroes of ancient Greece. Actually, the title's really grown on me, and I think it's actually probably appropriate. But again, it's a new IP, so it's hard. It doesn't have a lot of cachet. It's not like Assassin's Creed where you can say, well, there here are 24 other titles that have all come out, so we have an expectation for what an Assassin's Creed game is uh, that didn't exist with this game. So anyway, long and the short of it, I decided to give it a shot uh, because they were having that 33% off sale across all platforms on all, most of their stuff. Actually, they were just doing a big Ubisoft sale for everywhere and um, decided to grab it on series X. Cause I, again, was looking for a good sit on my butt sort of thing. Uh, uh, Cyberpunk was just not grabbing me in a way that I hoped it would. So I had to push that to the side for now. And I was looking for something that would just really grab me. And that game totally not only grabbed me, but ended up holding me and did for, way more time than most games hold me in terms of like how long I'm willing to play tonight. Like I'll be up till three playing this game kind of experience. I don't really do that as much as I used to do. Um, but I did and I loved it. I really like it. Like I'm not done with it yet, but I'm pretty far and it's, it's done nothing but surprise me in terms of, uh, the things I like about it. So just real quick, um, and you've probably heard this before, but I'll just give you the quick rundown. If I described this game in any other way, it would be like this. It's like Breath of the Wild and Assassin's Creed uh, made a baby. But when they made this baby, they said, hey, what if we get rid of some of the stuff that sucks about the parents? And one of the things that sucks about the mom, let's call the mom Breath of the Wild, okay? Okay. Mom is great. We love mom. She's great. She brought so much to the world. Uh, she's an amazing mom. Breath of the Wild. Good job, mom. But, but mom, weapons break all the time. But mom's weapons are always breaking. They have <laughs> they have a lousy they have a lousy lifespan. They have no durability and they break after a few hits. And it's just obnoxious, especially when you're like in a, a dungeon or like a, a puzzle area, a shrine, and and those those weapons break and you're left with a couple of t- twigs in your pocket and you're like, well, I guess I'm coming back here later. Like it's got problems and. Also, mom is real bad about if it rains, getting up uh, the side of a mountain that you were climbing in the middle of, and suddenly the rain makes you slip off and fall and die. Uh, She's just got some stuff that's just there to annoy and not necessarily add to the game. In my opinion, this is my opinion of mom, Breath of the Wild mom, all right? Took me out of, it made me not want to hang around with mom for very long. Those problems. 
Dad, over here, Assassin's Creed, long in the tooth, been here forever, well-established, has his ups and downs in his history, a couple of really high moments, a couple of low moments, but for the most part, great consistency, willingness to push the envelope, try new things, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla is that trying new things thing, and they're doing a great, he's doing great right now, everyone loves Dad, but Dad's got his problems too. Dad's got a lot of grindy stuff, and Dad's got some leveling inadequacies and some other things that just make him a little difficult to deal with and he's also got a lot of history where he has to feel like he has to pay homage to some old stuff but also be new at the same time and that can clash a little bit and always uh, talking about the future right you're like come on i all i care about is your old stories dad your new stories suck yeah don't take me into your future world anymore dad we don't i don't like it dad and dad (laughs) keeps doing it even though he's doing less of it he's still doing it and uh so yes so these you see these problems right well they have this baby, and this baby, Immortals Phoenix Rising, is, I think, the best bits from the two games I just described without all the garbage. So I'll give you an example on the Breath of the Wild side. You have a uh, stamina system, much like theirs, uh, much like Breath of the Wild, but I find it much more uh, easy to manage, much more fun to manage, and it doesn't feel like it's hindering me too much on things. I have to think about how I want to get up to the top of a thing or how much I'm going to fight with stamina-based attacks when I'm fighting a creature or something, but I don't have to think too hard. It doesn't mean I'm going to die. And the weapon I'm fighting with doesn't break. (laughs) It can have it as long as I want, and I can transmog it a million ways to Sunday uh, in between getting upgrades to the actual item when I find new swords or new uh, axes or whatever it is I'm swinging around. So... The weapon system, they fixed it. It's not like mom anymore. The uh, the um, the uh, the stamina system uh, works, and I don't fall off wet rocks because there are never wet rocks to fall off of. So it's not just doing stupid stuff like that. And I don't have to do weird dances to like tame a mule to ride or a horse. I can just do them. In fact, it wants me to do that so often that anytime I see a new four-legged creature out there, I'm encouraged to go tame it. And do it, and it does it very quickly so that I can add them to my collection and then choose the one I want and mount on at any time. So I don't have to go to some stable and that whole rigmarole. Okay, so they've taken a bunch of those things out and made mom, the mom side of the genetics, super strong. And oh, here's the other thing you're always running out of arrows in Breath of the Wild and getting the wrong arrows, plus your bow would break. So you had the bow, you had the breaking bow problem, and you were always trying to find more arrows. And if you couldn't find them, you had to buy them. And they were very expensive. You had enough rupees, blah, 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 blah. That's gone. Your arrows are a set of regenerating, basically, energy arrows. Your bow doesn't break. And you can increase the number of energy arrows you can have at any given time. So I think you start with five. I'm now at 12, I think. Um, It's an upgradable feature of the game that you... Uh, develop and progress as the game goes on and you just have more of these refillable arrows so you're never doing like a puzzle that involves arrows where you're just throwing arrows away trying to figure the figure the puzzle out it's still a hard puzzle and you're still missing but your arrows are plentiful and you don't have to think about you know managing the damn arrows so again focus on the gameplay not so much on what's in your quiver nice changes on the assassin's it creed also lets side them do uh sorry to interrupt oh, but ahead. it also lets them do some really good bow and arrow based puzzles because they know you're not going to run out of arrows so there's a lot of cool like 
do a trick shot where you shoot through this and, you know, go around this corner and hit this target. And I thought that stuff was fun for kind of solving little self-contained puzzles. Yeah. Not only that, there's some of those puzzles you're, you're super encouraged to to think outside the box and go, well, how am I going to solve this? And then you find out you solved it in a way, in a way that nobody's streamed yet or nobody's seen yet. Like there is not a single way to solve puzzles in that game. But it feels like when you find one that you found the right one, and it's not always the only one. I really like that. That's true of Breath of the Wild, uh, Breath of the Wild as well in some ways. But but this game definitely revels in that. And there's similarities. Like instead of shrines, it's oh, what are they called? Crap, temples. Like sections of Tartarus. No, yeah, something of Tartarus, but it's a name. A temple or tomb of Tartarus? Maybe it's a tomb. Are they called shrones? <laughs> I like wish it was shrones. That'd be great. <laughs> shrones. <laughs> shrones would be awesome. But they're they're basically that's what they are. You go inside them, and they're they're a bunch of physics and movement and otherwise jumping puzzles and things that you would you would expect in a, a Breath of the Wild style game. Some combat sometimes, um, but they're all very varied, very interesting. And I think they're really you know creative puzzles and they work great. And the goal in there is to get to the end of it and grab a piece of Zeus's lightning bolt. And the more of those you get, the more you increase your life, or in this case, you increase your stamina bars. Your life bars are included or increased by gathering these things out in the world called ambrosia. And then you take mm-hmm. these back to the Hall of the Gods and you make this stuff. So there's a little bit of a crafting element, but a very simple one um, for all these upgrades. And... Uh, there's a lot of systems at play, but none of it feels over, overwhelming or overbearing. And so when people ask me if if they would like this, my first questions are, do you like that open-worldy kind of Zelda vibe that you got out of Breath of the Wild, including how pretty it is? Because one thing about the game is it's freaking gorgeous. The art style is really nice. It's very pretty. Do you like that? And do you like the whole Ubisoft Assassin's Creed style of open-world game, which is... I've just opened up a whole new section and there's a whole bunch of hidden things everywhere and I can go do any of those in any order I want or I can stick to the main story. Like, do you like that stuff? If those two things combine to make people happy, you're going to really be happy with this game. And I liked it so much it shot straight to the top for me and is the game I think about the most right now. And I'm surprised as anyone and I loved it. I really loved it. And And I hope what this is, despite the fact that it came out in a pandemic year, that it came out right around the time that everybody's focus was on cyberpunk for good or for ill and all of that. I hope that this is an example of a new IP that can have a brand, have a, have a big start into a series of games and be a success for Ubisoft in that way and be another, another IP for them because how rare it feels like lately that we get a new IP anymore. Um, It's always sequels. It's always spinoffs. It's always that stuff. And this is like a bona fide its own thing. Um, I will say this: a lot of people had decried its uh, its humor, and while I, I, you know, no game hits every mark when it when it's trying to be funny, it's one of the hardest things to do. I like its humor. I think it's nice. It's all right. It's just lighthearted and goofy. There's basically this narration going on between Zeus and uh, what's Prometheus. Prometheus. And Prometheus is kind of telling this semi-serious story the way he does it. And Zeus is sort of popping off with, you know, <laughs> dumb jokes behind him while he's telling the story. But Zeus is bored through most of it, which is <laughs> leads to some of the better stuff. Like there is a moment where you're in Tartarus and 
uh, Prometheus is talking about you going through the gate and just out of nowhere, Zeus goes boring, big monster. And a Cyclops just appears in front of you as a yeah. result. Yeah. And then Prometheus says, oh, no, it's actually tiny and adorable. And they kind of keep changing the size of this creature as they talk over one another. Yeah. And eventually you just fight it as a regular size Cyclops. But I think I think you're right. I think the humor the humor is hit and miss for me, um, mm-hmm. but I think it hits more than it misses. There were a couple things, and it's funny. They didn't make me laugh at the time, but then when I thought back to him, I chuckled about it. So I was like, eh, maybe it was okay. But like the, you meet a guy who's um, supposed to be, uh, he's in the, I can't think of the word, the the guys who prophesize stuff. Oh, uh, um, uh, the, 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 um, you know the guy I'm talking about, the old guy who's just in the mist yes. at the beginning. I can't think of what they call him. An oracle. oracle. He's supposed to be an oracle. Got it. And he's you meet him and he's just like, first of all, he pretends to be an oracle. And then he just kind of admits in the middle that he isn't and that he's just there because it's smoky in that room. Yeah. And then they start to make a bunch of jokes alluding to the fact that he's high. <laughs> and... <laughs> It yeah. didn't exactly make me laugh at the time, but then when I thought about it after the fact, because I was telling it to somebody, I started to kind of chuckle about it, yeah. how he's just like, your character's just like, okay, I'm going to get out of here. And he's just like, hey, if you come back, bring food. <laughs> and like, they're not directly calling out that he's high, but he's in this giant smoky room and he just keeps alluding to these things. And I kind of rolled my eyes in the moment, but it was still pretty is still pretty good it's pretty funny and the other thing is i will i'll say this and it really helps sell it because even when the humor is not that funny the voice actors are really good like legitimately basically the cast of odyssey coming back together it's like (laughs) they had so much fun recording odyssey they brought it back and i think Maybe this is part of the reason why the humor is landing so often for me, because honestly, the biggest complaint I heard was that the game is not funny, but it thinks it's funny, Mm -hmm. which I usually have a big problem with. I think it's legitimately funny. It could be that I love Greek uh, mythology. And so I'm getting a lot of the jokes it makes when Mm -hmm. Zeus talks about how he turned women into X, Y, and Z Mm -hmm. for being rude to him. Like I get a kick out of that stuff. And he's just like, I turned her into a blueberry. Like it's just, (laughs) it makes me laugh because that's that's how I know those, those gods to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Or when the one, uh, I think it's Hermes talks about Athena wiping out the Greek uh, Navy because she had too much ambrosia. And your character's like, uh, yeah, I had family in the Greek Navy. And he goes, ah, you probably just had to be there. <laughs> like the fact that gods just do not care about the life of mortals whatsoever. And that these people are like dying horrific deaths and they're joking about it. Yeah, I, I genuinely thought that that was very on brand for Greek gods. But like as I'm listening to it, I'm hearing Zeus talk and it's... Um, Oh, man, I can't think of any names today. Uh, but it's the guy who played uh, the famous philosopher oh. uh, from Odyssey. Uh, hip- uh, uh, hip- not Hippocrates. Uh, uh, oh! He, he's in the Bill and Ted movie, right? Uh, uh. Socrates. 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 Yeah. Socrates. It's the guy who, yeah, Socrates. It's the guy who played <laughs> Socrates uh, in, in Odyssey. Yeah. And he was such a great character in Odyssey that now hearing him as Zeus, mm-hmm. I'm still in my head, I'm picturing 
Socrates in Odyssey because yeah. he that was a great character in Odyssey. He always showed up. He always annoyed the hell out of Cassandra because he was always coming up and going, ah, but is it right to help this man? Like, you know, you'd be in the middle of a quest and it'd be like, this guy stole a horse for his family or for his family, but it hurt the merchant. And Cassandra's there trying to decide what to do. And then here comes Socrates. And he's just like, Oh, but is it right to help this man? Cause you're encouraging him to break the law. Mm. What is the law? He just starts asking questions and Cassandra's just like, Oh God, please stop talking to <laughs> me right now. Yeah. Speaking, of, uh, speaking and, of which she's in it too. She's uh, Athena. Although early on, she's a kid. But that's your voice actress for uh, for Cassandra. When I heard that, I went, oh, John's going to like this even more. She's I'm so it. happy. The voice cast in that game is great. Yeah. They're they're all doing very, very good work. I love it. Yep. Even your main character, Phoenix, who... Uh, so there's another interesting bit. When you choose your character, you can choose... Uh, basically, they give you an option to choose female form, male form, any kind of face, facial hair, voice type, whatever, and mix and match any way you want. So I could have a very buff-looking dude character that sounds like a girl uh, with girl hair or I can do the opposite and have a girl who's got a deeper Phoenix voice with a mustache and a goatee like you can do whatever combo you want just knock yourself out or you can go with you know the default and the defaults this uh, uh, girl version of the character where they're both very good uh, with their lines and stuff they're almost identical in terms of what they say Um, I've messed around with that a bunch there's basically a barber chair at the God the Hall of Gods, and anytime you feel like it, you can just go sit in that thing and change what you look like. It's just a barber yeah. thing, which, which is pretty cool. It gives you a lot of options for that. Whereas, you know, you're playing Breath of the Wild, you're just Link. That's who you are. You got some cool outfits, but, you know, you don't get to change who you are. This game is like, hey, you want to do that? You can totally go do that. And then there's transmog for all your weapons and your gear and your helms and your, your you know, all that stuff. So that works out nice. Um, and it has pomegranates. Oh, yeah. The true... The true gift of this year in gaming, the pomegranate, which really came into its own between Hades and this. Yeah. Uh, pomegranates all over the place. Yeah. And, You're talking uh, about palm power. Yeah. Palm yeah. Power. Palm power exists in this game. Yeah. It's your uh, health up item as well as uh, the ability to make potions with it. That's true. So uh, there's even some real dumb, like crafting pre animated stuff. So every time you make a a weapon upgrade or you mix together your ambrosia and eat it uh, or whatever. There's this ridiculous thing. It's all skippable, but I really appreciate that they're there and they're goofy and they're over the top. The game doesn't take itself too seriously, but it does present in a really beautiful way. And it has its moments of, uh, you know, I mean, the, the fear I had is people are like, well, Zeus and Prometheus are just talking the whole time and they're going to get annoying after a while. It sure be great if we could turn them off. That's not what the game is. That's not how it works. It's only during the progression of the game. So the further you get into the game, there's there's times where I'm just out hunting for treasure chests and doing the side stuff. They're not talking to me then at all. Like there's nothing yeah. from those two during that time. It's just me out there doing my thing. And I got that bird now, the firebird thing. That guy's cool. Um, but when you when you actually pull off like a story moment, Prometheus might go, and this was the moment Phoenix thought he knew that the last place he wanted to be was inside the thing. And then, you know, Zeus, going, Zeus saying some crack or whatever. But it's just a progression uh, part of the game, not a it's not a soundtrack. They front load it a lot. It's they do. A, there's a lot of it in the beginning. And then by the time you get through the prologue, which is also a very funny joke when 
it comes up with the late title card after kind of the prologue of the game and mm-hmm. Zeus is just like this was just the prologue? How long is this story? It didn't take Odysseus this long to get home. And he's just very upset about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, once you get past that point, they they do tone it back. But I actually liked a lot of that stuff. Like the fact that Zeus narrates the character creator screen, mm-hmm. I thought was funny. Oh, yeah. As you're selecting like options and you're like, well, let's try green eyes. And then you hear Zeus say, they had the eyes of squished mushy peas. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. why, what is Zeus doing? It's what is pretty he good. Right it's pretty now? good commentary. And again, if some of that sounds dumb, it is, but it, it works like it somehow works. And everybody who is naysaying that I'm not sure what they expected going into it. Cause the game, the tone of the game matches this humor in a way that I think benefits it. And again, small part of it. Uh, someone in the chat says that also how's the frame rate compared to like breath of the wild, which has a terrible frame rate. That is very true. Breath of the Wild, famous for a terrible frame rate or an uneven one. Let's put it that way. And never 60. Um, And this game is 60 plus. No problem for me on PC. It's, you know, 60 all day, every day on console. I would say play on performance mode for console. Yeah, because I did bump it up to quality. You had recommended performance to me and I was like, let's just see what quality looks like. And it's definitely a lower frame rate. Mm -hmm. Uh, But on performance mode, the game looks fantastic and it holds that frame rate and it is just fine. Runs beautifully. I'm running it on 120 Hertz, you know, screen 60 frames plus it's, it's beautiful. Um, No complaints there. In fact, it's, maybe the thing I like about it most because because so much what I liked about Breath of the Wild is here. Um, and a lot of the inspiration is there without the stuff that drove me crazy about that game. And so, so in some ways, it's like I finally got the game I wanted. It doesn't have Zelda's name on it. It doesn't have Nintendo's finger in it, but it's it's good. Like it's actually good. And it hooked me. So, oh, and see, there is, okay, there's a certain beauty to Breath of the Wild. When you walk into when you walk into an, an area or whatever in Breath of the Wild and you see how vast that world is and you see the mountains in the distance and all that green grass and everything, it's breathtaking. It's really nice. Uh, this has that without the lower frame rate is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so I don't want to knock what Breath of the Wild is or how important it is to gaming because I think it is. It's huge. It's a huge deal, that game. Um, and, and, and for me, this is just an evolution of the, of the thing, just like... Breath of the Wild was kind of riffing on, you know, Skyrim and other open world style games. This game is doing the same thing, just riffing on some of the ideas introduced in in Breath of the Wild. And I think to great success, the flying is really fun. I love being at a tall place and just soaring over stuff. Um, The way that that flight system works and those wings work is very cool. It just feels good. Um, I don't have any complaints. Honestly, there's nothing about it so far that has really put me off of it. I've had some really hard puzzles on some of the harder shrine zone things, whatever they're called, temple things. And they can get frustrating if you just are bad at puzzles like I sometimes tend to be. But when I figure it out, it feels really good. I haven't had to look at any um, guides or anything yet. Uh, I just figure it out and finally go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I got it. And then I'm super motivated for the next one. It's just cool. So my game of the year. Immortals, Phoenix Rising came out of nowhere. Really, game of the year. Oh yeah, like better than anything else that came better out. Better than anything year. else I played. Everything else I played. Better than Shadowlands. Yep. Oh yeah, like better than Shadowlands. <laughs> I mean, so I've been watching gameplay and listening to you guys talk, and I mean, it looks like fun. It sounds good. I, I just, 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's just. I don't know. I have to try this. It's, yeah, you have to I give it a shot. It doesn't look like a game of the year to me. Like I just I was judging surprised it completely little, by its cover. But like, I'll this say looks this. really good. It mm-hmm. looks really good. You got to understand, I, and, and it's not to criticize your 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 no, pick. No, no, I, it's I your know. Game of the year is your game of the year. I just I knew this like, would be. It's I hard knew, to see that watching it. it I knew this would really be controversial. Good. Let me let me put it this way: the game, very in particular, scratches three or four itches. If you listen to this show long enough or know me well enough, you'll know that I have a few itches that if you scratch them just right. I'm on your side. And that includes the, for good or for ill, whatever freaking Ubisoft's open world structure has always worked for me pretty well. I like it. I like the loop of it. I like uh, clearing stuff out. I like to go to a a place and go, all right, all this stuff's got to be done. I'm going to be the one to do it. And I go do it. And I like it. I like that stuff. So that they had me with that. Uh, The aesthetic and the sort of um, traversal of breath of the wild is something I adore and they have that. So it's got RPG stuff. It's got action stuff. It's got that open world itchy stuff that I love. And it's got, excuse me, it's got the graphics and sort of the world building and tone down in a way that, that, that resonates with me. It's also not bugging out every five minutes. It's not doing, doesn't have problems. It doesn't crash. It doesn't have, you know, me getting stuck somewhere like half the games that get released lately. All of those things <laughs> combined to make it the most fun I've had in a game this year. And that includes games where I had a lot of fun. Like I loved Hades and I loved uh, some others on my list. I'll, I'll get to in a minute. Um, there are lots to game, lots of games to enjoy this year uh, from indies to triple A's, but this one just really nailed all those sweet spots for me. Cause and, I'll, uh, I'll say this, uh, this game would be, if I was, if I was just going to throw games up there that I really liked, it'd be high. This might even be number three on my list for favorite this year. I didn't include it because I'm not far enough in it. I'm a little past the the prologue. The game has just kind of opened up. Yeah. And I I can't really go, oh, yeah, hands down, one of my favorite games of the year when I'm still that early in, because for all I know, it ends up being a pile of poop shortly after. Sure. Um, I also think there might be an element uh, of just recency bias. I try to I try to go, well, I'm having fun with it now, so it's top of mind. But how would it compare to something that I played, you know, in January? Mm-hmm. And and that's something that I try to take into account. So it didn't make it there for me, but it could have. And it still might. I think it's going to probably be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if in a year I'm talking about it as the game from last year that I played the most this year. Yeah. Because I think what you said, Bo, is the thing that is its greatest strength. On the surface, there's nothing about it that does scream. This is one of the best games that came out this year. Nothing about it looks the best, except that it is extremely fun. Yeah. And the Mm. entire time that I've been playing it, I've just gone, if it's something that I want to do, it's in this game. Like when I sat there and I was like, ooh, this, like one of the first head items I got in the game was just this big old lion head that just goes on top of your head. And I was like, oh, this this looks awful. Is there a way to hide this? (laughs) Yes, there is. There is. And then I got a cool helmet, but the cool helmet didn't give me a boost that I liked. And I... I was like, man, it'd be cool if I could make it look like the helmet, even though I have to wear the dumb lion head. You can do that. Yeah. And I was like, boy, I wish I could change how my character looks. You can do that. Yeah. I was like, it'd be neat to be able to ride a mount around here. You you can do that. Like it just every time I thought, oh, man, this game should have this. It was like, yeah, we have it. It's yeah. in here. Mm. They totally you can, have it. You can just go do that. I think there's something to, to be said for that. Um, definitely moment to moment. 
I'm not there for me. I'm never not having a good time. And that includes traversing that world. And I don't know what that is. There's just a special sauce going on where it just feels good to get around. And I don't mind that something's kind of far or that there's some elevation I have to deal with because there are ways to deal with that elevation. That is fun. Like the flying is amazing. The, the floating mechanic is really cool. The, uh, the double jump is just right for the kinds of double jumps you want to do. And then some of the upgrades you get later for like quickly getting up the the side of a, of a big flat, you know, uh, cliff is great because you, you're not running out of, of, um, uh, your energy bar and you're getting there very fast and you've got potions. Even if you do that, you can quickly kick in and go, Oh, suddenly I've got, you know, I've got fresh new energy bars and I don't have to think about it. Like they give you things that seem like they might be punishing, but they're not. They're actually just tools in your tool chest. And I don't find right. any of it like bothersome or hard or I don't know. It's just a joy to play. It and inspires that- you to challenge yourself too. like that first prologue area. There's a spot where you're like, oh, there's something up there. And you go over in that area and it goes, hey, just so you know, this area is probably a little too tough for you. Come back when you're a higher level. Right. And I went, oh. I'm going to climb to the top of this cliff. I'm going to see what's up there. And I did. I climbed up there and there's this giant three headed like manticore creature. And I was like, let me see if I can fight it. It was a hard fight. I killed it. You did it. Uh, And I was like, oh, I feel really good about this. And I kept exploring. And the whole time I'm exploring, it's like, hey, some areas are designed to be for you to come back later when you got more power. And I was like, no, I'm exploring right now. And I went and I explored that area and I found this chest. And it's like, hey, these chests are uh, only only appear at night and they're heavily guarded. Mm -hmm. Here's how you meditate. And I was like, great. I meditated at night and I saw the amount of enemies that were guarding this chest. And I went, oh, I may have gotten in over my head. But I stuck it out. I fought him. I got that chest. Yeah. And the game's sitting there telling me like, hey, you can come back later. You can try this now. And it felt good to challenge myself and go, well, can I do it right now? And I did. And I was successful. And it didn't make me overpowered or didn't give me anything that was so good that the game's now broken. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just Mm -hmm. fun. And it was just that that fun feeling of like, we're going to gently nudge you away from here but if you want to try it go for it go for it you know do what you want to do yeah anything's kind of possible if you're if you've got the jump around skill and later on you get abilities that'll make all that stuff you know not necessarily easier so much as it will just you'll just have more tools in your tool chest but it it gives you those things in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming you don't feel like it's a game trying to do too many things just a really fun freaking game and that's what i needed i needed that and uh, mm, now mm. I will say this. Uh, it was a lot better deal at 40, whatever I paid 40, maybe yeah, 40, 10, I think it was 10 or 49 or whatever it was. It was like 10 or 15 bucks off the full price for that sale that they ran. I think the sale goes to the 10th. So there's still time. Um, now would be the time to get it that or do if you're on the if you're on PC, do the um, connect thing, Ubisoft connect thing and just be there to play. Um, but I ended up buying the whole game and it's to the point now where everyone says, Ooh, what new game should I get for my console? I got a PS five or an Xbox. And this is the first one I recommend, like get that game. You got to play that yeah. game. So, uh, yeah, I loved it. It's my game of the year. Phoenix rising immortals. And John's right about that bias. It's easy to forget the stuff you played in February. Uh, when you're talking the following December about what games you like the most. And so I had to do that a lot this year is kind of go back and go, Oh, what did I really like? What did I love? What did I hate? Whatever. 
Um, but I still, the math still came down to what did I just sit and play and not want to stop playing? And it was this thing. And even right now, I want to play it. So there's that. Uh, number two for me is Animal Crossing mm-hmm. New Horizons. Not because it does anything incredibly new in the Animal Crossing series and not because it's the greatest Animal Crossing ever, although I'd probably argue it is the best of Animal Crossing's ever been. Um, but because it came at a time in this year where I really needed it, and I think it did that for a lot of people, and uh, became uh, sort of an important go-to game for me for a long time. I'm not even playing it now, but this game back in March, April, May, kind of where it was at its peak for me, um, just provided a really happy, innocent place to go uh, when facing you know 2020 and all of its complicated garbage. So I think it deserves a spot on my list for that because I have the most fondest feelings for what it meant to come come open that game up when I would be getting stressed and I'd be like, all right, well, at least there's this. Um, I, I don't think I'm alone in that. Um, but not to no, spend too much time on it. it Everybody knows about that. that game. Yeah. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is my third. And you might say, well, Scott, isn't that just another open world game? Aren't you getting that itch scratched from Phoenix Rising? Well, yeah, I am. And right now I'm not even playing Valhalla while I'm playing Phoenix Rising because they are very similar in terms of, you know, there's a lot of structure sharing, like I mentioned before, going on there. But I think Valhalla stands on its own as a really uh, strong contender for the third spot for me because of how well that thing turned out. I think it's the best Assassin's Creed game they've ever made. And I'm happy to say I think Origins... uh, Odyssey and this are just all the right direction. Uh, those three games are incredible. They're my favorites of the series, and I've really enjoyed most of them in the past. Um, but I really love them, and Valhalla will be a game I just keep coming, kind of coming back to and chipping away at well into 2021. Uh, so that rounds out my three uh, for this year. Now, I got a few things I just wanted to blow out real quick. Um, the almost made it on my list was another latecomer that I had I had poo-pooed earlier in the year, and everybody said, Scott, play Monster Train. You're going to love Monster Train. If you like Slay the Spire, why aren't you playing Monster Train? It's so much better, or it's this and it's this or whatever. It's the natural progression. And I didn't do it. And here's the reason I didn't do it, and shame on me for this. The description on Steam, and this is like everywhere now, but on Steam at oh, the time. I know what it's going to be. It's, I'll bet you do. On Steam, it said... Uh, it's deck building, something, something, work your way through, zubba, zubba, and it all sounded good so far. And then I got to a part of the paragraph that said, including some tower defense elements. And I went, eh, no thanks, don't care what you're doing, don't care about your game, I don't play tower defense, I freaking hate that genre, I'm done, I'm out, I leave. That's just a rule I have about tower defense, I hate tower defense, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. So it that put me off. <laughs> and I never went back to it as a result. And then I saw it pop up on Game Pass this last week and a half or whatever. And I said, oh, I should probably just try it because everybody was raving about it. Freaking Dan Patrice wouldn't shut up about it. He was like, this is the greatest game this year. So I finally tried it. That description was wrong because, all right, the game yeah. works like this. There's there's three, technically four lanes. Okay. Bottom lane uh-huh. is like your train sections. Bottom lane, middle lane, lane, top lane. And you put your... Your defender hero dudes on here when you get a card that that, that works, and uh, you also have spell cards and things you can do. And on the other side, uh, starting at the bottom, the enemies will pop in at the bottom, and then they move up a level to the next level, and you're just trying to keep them from the top. And the top level is your pyre, 
And the pyre is basically just an auto turret turret that will take damage, but also just keep giving giving damage to anything that gets that high. But it's it's basically your life up there. So yeah. what happens is the tower defense part of the description is okay, well, these guys got to move through your first dudes and then to the next level and the next level. And then if they get to the top, they'll attack your main life, but your train will fight back and kill them. And it does so very quickly, unless it's the boss and that's usually the longer, but, but it's just beep, beep, and they're dead, but they might get one or two hits in. That's not tower defense. I mean, kind of. Yeah. Kinda, it's, it's, kinda. I mean, it's, it's, it's battle lanes and it is, there is a tower defense to it and that the enemy minions work their way through the floors. Right. But I don't think it I don't and for you it's not a good description because it's a big turnoff and it's not really tower defense. Like you're playing cards and upgrading your dudes. It's you know, it's auto chess. More right. it's more like auto chess. That's actually that. a good point. There's a good comparison. But also in, in in the kind of tower defense I hate, that means I've got towers I have to keep bur- you know, buffing up and like, well, make sure yeah. that tower's got ammo and make sure you gave it level two so it can shoot the fireballs now when those uh, ghouls come or whatever. Don't have to do any of that. Now you could say mathematically, sure, I'm I'm trying to do my best to keep the the minions from progressing to the top of the train. Okay, sure, if that's your definition of of tower defense, fine. Right. But that's not my definition, and I screwed up because that game's rad. That game's really good, like really good. And um, outside of Phoenix Rising, that's been the only other thing I've been playing. It's it's uh it's awesome, and currently on Game Pass, uh, which means sync between PC and console, which is great and also the console control console controls are very very good that game deserves to be on tablets or phones i think it would play really well on there as well um but yeah monster train almost made it probably should make it because i gave it short shrift and i was wrong so i'm i'm, I'm giving penance now accept my apology video game world you were right well, hey, they need to learn their lesson yeah, don't yeah. call it a tower defense game in their description, and you'll be fine. The artwork and music and aesthetics also really good. Like, I think the art's it's just okay. weird. Angel versus devil. Like, it's not perfect, but it's. I, I guess just the idea of a train through hell. I don't right. know. I like it. But, or, that, that is a cool angels. idea. It sounds like something you would make for D anD. d It sounds yeah. like a like a scenario yeah. you'd make. The art I don't think is terribly good, but it's all combined in a way that is just really efficient. Like it's it's fast. You can speed up the combat, so it's not taking forever. Uh, or slow it down, whatever you want to do, but it's just very efficient. It's like make your choices, zip zap zoop. Okay, do it again. All right, that I guy mean, is buff. Zip zap zoop, and you just kind of work your way it's through an the train. upgrade over Slay the Spire, oh, which yeah. I think is the better game, but the worst looking game. Yes, Slay the Spire is <laughs> of the two. Like because that was my transition. I'm like, I need a game like Slay the Spire. Oh, this monster train kind of scratches it, yeah. except. It's not. A, I don't think it's as good as Slay the Spire. I like Slay the Spire more, but I it's, I a, think it's I, an indie level. Yeah, I, I agree. That's the other reason I didn't include it. I've got a whole other list of my favorite indies of the year, and they're all on the Boop Show, so guys can go listen to that if you want. Um, Cloud Punk took my indie game of the year uh, oh, thing, nice. and I really like Cloud Punk a lot, even though it's basically cyberpunk delivery service, but I really like what they did with it. It's very cool. Um, but yeah, it, this this... This thing is going to be a game I play more of. I think I think uh, Monster Train got very short shrift for me, and I'm going to change that. So there's that. Also, if I'm going to give an early access runner-up, I'd give it to Shipbreaker. Um, I did mention this on that Boop Show roundup. I think that that game is rad. Tearing apart ships is very cool. There's currently a theory going around that they built this game with the idea that it's the homeworld uh, universe that you're operating in. 
which adds which a weird new, a weird new layer. It's called Shipbreaker. It's that one. Remember I told oh, you about this? Where you go? Is that, is that yeah? Is that the one where you were like, um, you played a little while ago? Is that the same one? Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. still in early access, which is so not full it's release. Got but a it's, bigger name than that. What's it called? Yeah, hard space. Hard shipbreaker. space shipbreaker. Yeah, I knew there was something hard in there. Yeah, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I was like shipbreaker. It sounded familiar, but it was missing the hard thing. That's why I didn't get it. Yeah, it's very cool. That yeah. game's just rad. If you haven't, heard, you've, you've, if I mean, I've talked about it on various shows before, so, but. It's so cool. I really like it. So they're going to make it like, like, um, would you, oh, sorry. Well, they're not going to do anything, but there's a theory floating around that they, that the game is in the homeworld universe, which I love the homeworld games. And, uh, oh, tonally, it kind of works. Like now that someone has said it, and then I'll play it and go, oh, yeah, this could be the homeworld. Like this could be homeworld in here. Mm. It's not, okay. Cause they're not the same company. They can't, they don't own the IP, so they can't do that. But I still kind of like that maybe that's what they were thinking because that's cool. Uh, Best old is new again award. I'm giving it to Destiny 2. I played way more Destiny 2 than I ever would have thought I would. I think the console upgrades on that game are stupendous. And uh, the Game Pass uh, thing surely helped. In fact, I don't know if I'd be playing it without it. And um, I get it. I finally get it. I understand why people love that game. And I think I'll be playing a lot more of that as well. And then finally, in my category of didn't grab me, but I will surely be back, Cyberpunk just didn't grab me. It just left me flat almost immediately. And it's not, I've, I've thought long and hard about this. It's not about the bad press. It's not about the rocky launch, at least on some platforms. And it's not about the bugs or any of that for me. It's a lot of that stuff I just expect. And I remember that Witcher 3 had this around it as well. Uh, another CD Projekt Red major game. So it wasn't that shocking, that stuff. But the part that I'm bummed about the most is the game just didn't grab me. And by grab me, I mean compel me. I didn't go, oh, can't wait to see where this character arc goes. Or, boy, that shooting was sure fun. Can't wait for the next encounter. Like, none of that stuff was working for me. And mainly it's the tone where games like Cloudpunk really nailed the cyberpunk tone that I like about those kind of worlds. I know it doesn't exactly match the tabletop pen and paper stuff, but in my head, it's very Blade Runner, rains all the time, always dark, the environment's screwed, uh, you know, everything's neon and wet and, and, you know, dark and gritty on the streets, and there's too much sunshine in this game and too much dude bro, and just stuff wasn't grabbing me. So I think I'll be back, I'll figure it out, I'll have a taste for it at some point, but right now I just cannot lift a finger for it. I don't know why, just can't do it. All right. Yeah, so it would it would be it'd be that for me too. Um I have tried to get into it multiple times now. I had a really good go of it and the problem I just keep running into is every time I feel like I'm hitting my stride, the game either locks up or something crazy happens and I feel like something is broken in a big bad way or is just a little too buggy and uh, unstable still for me to enjoy my time with it. But I've I've gotten to see more of it, and I I still 100% agree with you, Scott. You know, it. Not all games have to be for everybody, um, and this is something that I feel very strongly about. You know, you don't have to make the game you want to make, and if that doesn't speak to 100% of the audience that you thought it would, that's fine. Um, and it could just be that Cyberpunk 2077 totally hits what it's aiming for, mm-hmm. uh, but what it's aiming for is something that, on paper, I would think should work for me and in effect does not so 
whether it's intentional or not is a little irrelevant. It's a game that actively uh, compels me away from it. And uh, it's, it's a game that I, I can't even really say I'm disappointed in because it's a game that when I got in and, and started experiencing and then went, ah, it's just too buggy to get into. I don't, I don't think I'm going to play it much. I think I'm going to go play something else. I didn't even feel bad that I wasn't going to play it. Like yeah. it wasn't disappointment that I was walking away from it. It was like, yeah, it'll still be there when I'm in the mood and that's yeah. fine. That's kind of how I am too. And I, and I think, um, I mean, I don't know, like in a normal year, this would be a very, it'd be a more devastating feeling from a game this anticipated or this long in development. And then finally coming out after multiple delays. Like I think I would feel a, I would feel gamer loss in a much more pronounced way, but in 2020, it's almost good that this year, it's not good that this year sucks. I wouldn't wish this year on anyone, but it's, but for my own, my own uh, sense of it, it's better that it happened in 2020 because it's such a small disappointment compared to real life that it's kind of okay. But if this had happened in like 2015 and that game finally came out and we were all stoked about it and it sucked, or it didn't suck, but didn't land the way I wanted to. I'd be super bummed that we waited all that time for that game and it didn't happen. But yeah, it just didn't do it for me. So I'll come back. It's there, like John said. It's right there. It's on my hard drive. Fire it up. Play it. You know, make a dude. <laughs> Continue with it's the dude. It's got something. I, I, the last character I started playing, I focused mainly on just handguns, and I was having a good time with combat. Yeah. Um, but then, unfortunately, every time I wanted to do anything else, I was like, oh, right. I'm so focused on <laughs> shooting guns really good. I can't do anything. It's like, you want to hack somebody? I'm like, yeah, I want to hack somebody. Now you don't have the skill for it. Yeah. You want to open this door? Yeah, you can't open that yeah. door. So, you wanna... yeah. <laughs> the only thing I could do is shoot people in the head real good. <laughs> I was real good at it. Yeah. And it did certainly create an environment that was interesting where it was like, Hey, we need you to go in there. And like, they definitely set up like, you want to be sneaky? I'm like, nope, I'm good at one thing, shooting people in the head. We're mm-hmm. going to go in with a gun. Yep. <laughs> and is, that's uh, it. That's how I'm shooting tackling people in all the head missions. is the game. No more cyber yep. needed. You just want to shoot people. I get it. Yep. I can't hack anything. I can't bypass anything. I can't open a door with brute force, but I can shoot somebody in the head and pick up a key card. So yep. let's go. There you go. It did make me install. Bo, you'll love this because I know you're a fan of those games. But it actually, by the time I was like, all right, I don't think I want to play this. It did drive me to install uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution again because I was like, I was like, oh, I know where I can get my hacker fix and my freaking stealth fix and my, you know, cyberpunky implant uh, weird world future business. I'll just do it over here with this 2016 game that I quite liked at the time and we'll see how that goes. And that game's great. So I've been playing that a little bit because this wasn't giving me what I wanted. And so far, like. From my experience with Cyberpunk, Human Revolution definitely has more of the paranoia aspect, like dystopia to it, that, that Cyberpunk seems to be missing. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. It's a little too GTA. I think there's some, having played it a little more now, it's, you know, yeah. it's a little too GTA. Not an, like, I'm, I'm almost like leaning Deus Ex is the better Cyberpunk game so far. Yeah. Um, because of the paranoia and the, you know, you really feel like there's an Illuminati and every time you get a victory, you actually lose. And that's sure. And I'm not really feeling that. I'm feeling like, well, here's some, I mean, it's just a different aesthetic. I, I prefer the DSS X aesthetic. I think I do too. I wish, I hope that what this does, the interest in the genre is strong right now, obviously. And there's like a bunch of games this year that have all sort of 
you know, drafted on the cyberpunk ideas and everything from that Solitarica game or not Solitarica. What was it called? Uh, shit. That Solitarica. I know what you're talking about though. Cyberterica. Cyberterica, whatever the hell it was. That Solitaire game that was all cybertech stuff. That was really cool. Cloudpunk is very much in this vein, obviously. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ghost, is it ghost punk? Yeah. The one with the, the Ninja blade guy that's dump jumping around the city that came out not long ago. All oh, of I, know, I know you're talking neon buster. Neon oh, buster. What is it? Ghost runner? Is that ghost it? runner? That's well, it. Ghost runner. Yeah. Oh, there's even an indie one. I think that's like cyber. Like it's something. Oh, ne- oh one this is the one John and I played. Uh, neon jazz or something like that. Yeah. What was that called? John, the, the, the kind of, Oh yeah. Uh, Rogue it, legacy it style thing. Neon, neon crisis core. Neon core crisis core.com. Evangelion. Ah, whatever that was. I don't know. But this is like, neon you know, voice. that kind of game. So I, I have high hopes that we could see like a new syndicate or a new Deus Ex game or those kinds of properties getting just renewed interest and suddenly an, an option to make good sales on. And, you know, cause Deus Ex was kind of petering out there for at least an interest for people. It's a little heady for a lot of people, I thought. Um, it'd be great to see those make a comeback. So, yeah, I, I have no problem with the splash this game is making, even in the negative way, because it, it, it does bring to light like opportunities for this subgenre that, that I think are possible. And I love that game, or I love that world. Yeah, I so. mean, Deus Ex is almost depressing to play. It's like sometimes intentionally unsatisfying to you as a player, mm-hmm. just the story. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, the good guy, and you won, you powered up and got everything. They're like, mm-hmm. nope, the world's shit. Yeah. Have, enjoy, hope you enjoyed the game. <laughs> yeah, hope you had fun. Oh, Neon Abyss, that's the name. Neon that's Abyss. it. Yeah, that game's cool. Also on Game Pass. Yeah. There's also game that like, Red Strings better. Club and the Uber Driver Cyberpunk game. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's tons of Cyberpunk games. Yeah, the Uber Driver is like a, the, stero- the story one, right? Like the, um, what do you call it? Uh, novel, visual novel game? What was that called? Uh, uh, that was cool. Um, Red Strings Club or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, the Red Strings Club. That was it. It's. I think it has strings in it, maybe. You it? Know? <laughs> um, yeah, but I think the thing about cyberpunk is I think it's fun to draw and to make art that's in that genre because it's so evocative. Like, I just think visually. Yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah, it is called the Red Strings Club. I'm right. It is? Um, oh. Yeah. All right. Uh, but um, I know it's a weird name, but to me the idea of cyberpunk like the feel of it is is you know that hope that it's terrible it's a cautionary tale right and game like when you play a game it's like we want to give you power and make you feel cool but like it's not cyberpunk if if i'm the boss of everything it's not it's some other genre it's it's, you know it's it's, i am nothing and i'm being used by everyone that's cyberpunk (laughs) like everyone and people are hiding behind other people and it's depressing yeah anyways it can be uh, but I'm all about the tone. If someone nails the tone, I'm in uh, to whatever they're selling. So maybe 2021 will be full. Man, you know what, Bo? You really need to play. What was that game? What's that game I talked you into getting and said over and over it was a bow game? Oh, well. Oh, um, Disco Elysium. I was. Yes. I was going to bring oh, that right. up. I don't know if it came out this year, but I bought it and I still haven't launched it. It, <laughs> it did. If you want a game where you are playing nobody and just being taken advantage of by the system and finding your way in it yeah there's your game dude there's your game it's it's i don't know why i don't play it It, i'm weird you You, should you should play it it's it took me two attempts to play it before it finally clicked for me and i was like oh this game's really good it took a while but it's 
It's fantastic. Well, I, I think I may have to it. wait. I just installed Immortals, so oh, look at you! That's nice. been well. You've nice. got the you have the um, I've got uh, the Ubisoft Connect, yeah, yeah. Uh, or Ubisoft. What? Yeah, it's Connect Plus, yeah. whatever. Connect, yeah, or no. So I mean, I can try it. I, I was enjoying Valhalla so much, mm-hmm. and it does does look good. You guys really sold it, so I'm like, I'll give it a spin. See see what the fuss well, hope, is about. I hope you like it. And since you already have the service, there's no harm in trying. So let us let us no. know what you think of that. Um, I, I, the, you guys reminded me of something. I just want to mention this for some reason. I hadn't really cracked it open before, but the game, uh, remnant from the ashes. You remember this oh, coming yeah. out last year, 2019, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was like a combination of, um, well, it's a souls like, but it's set in a setting that's like apocalyptic, futurey business. It's mostly, um, ranged combat. So you're using a lot of guns and range sort of stuff but it's still like you know time it right deliberate animations uh sometimes one shot hits and you're dead you know just difficulty up through the <clears throat> through the ceiling sort of stuff in a souls like way and uh i never i didn't bother cuz i'm not really a souls guy but anyway i forgot i had it i owned it on epic or something cuz they were giving it away and i loaded that up this week and that game's pretty neat there's some cool stuff happening in there wouldn't mind Sometime with somebody trying the co-op in there because that looked like fun, kind of a almost looter shooter kind of ish. Yeah, also, that could be cool. Yeah. A real punishing I mean, looter shooter. Yeah, it seemed all right. I liked it. So anyway, side note, nothing about end of year stuff. Um, all right, let's move on to John's top games yeah. of the year. Leading off, well, with I'm gonna one start I'm at the. Uh, I'm gonna start at the bottom, work my way up. All let's right. really build. It's really build here. Uh, but I also did a whole list last week that people got to hear. This is a little bit different, but I'd be repeating myself, so I'll move through it pretty quick. All right. Um, so the awards I decided to give, just sort of the random stuff. Uh, Best Time with Friends Award goes to Dwarf Game, a.k.a. Deep Rock Galactic, as yeah. it's actually known. Uh, we already talked a lot about that. It was just a, a really special game to get to play with you guys. But I do want to also give a special shout-out to playing Resident Evil 3 with Scott. Because uh, even though that's not really in the spirit of this award, that was really one of the most fun with friends video game experiences was just listening to him freak out through that entire game. Yeah, so. and have you sent me down paths that weren't necessarily um, they're not the? Let's put it this way: John had a meta game going on that he likes to play when I'm playing those games because he knows I'm terrified and he likes to see what I do in certain situations. And the end result is always really fun and entertaining and a good time. So here's to more of me being an idiot and John in the driver's seat or the passenger seat in 2021, preferably (laughs) something scary. So look forward to it. Yeah. I mean, my favorite is that, and there's a clip of it. People should go look it up is when you're in the toy store and I just say, Scott, look out the window (laughs) and you look out the window and nemesis is just looking in at you (laughs) and you freak out so much from it. It was scary. Um, He was standing there breathing hard and stuff and looking at me. I hated it. (laughs) that was so much fun anyway yeah um best game i didn't play in time for awards award goes to immortals phoenix rising because i think that game is probably phenomenal i'm not far enough into it um Mm. like i said but we talked a lot about it and it's really really good i hear and love it again as someone who's pretty far i'm i'm not anywhere near the end i don't think but there's a lot of meat in that game and i'm not bored I'm still having a blast and I'm dreaming about it, which is when you know I'm playing too much. 
when I have dreams. Yeah, it's just chill. Like yeah. it's not it's not putting so much pressure on you in the narrative of like oh god, I have to see what happens next. It's so compelling. Like it almost is Zelda in the form of you know good is going to rise up and triumph over evil yeah. and you know you know how the story's going to go. So you don't Spoilers. really have this like I mean I don't know I only finished the <laughs> I'm prologue, just I'm just uh, but like it, there's no pressure to it. Like yeah. it's like playing a Zelda or a Mario of like I know yeah. where we're going, so I'm just going to enjoy what I'm doing in the moment. And yeah. as a result, you're just like, oh, this is just a fun. Perfectly fun game. said. That's perfectly said. I've had a hard time articulating this. It feels like that is where, and I know it's a holy, it's a holy cow that we're not supposed to touch. Because Nintendo makes gold and and it's special and and that's true. This is always true. But this is them making one of these and they get it. They get it right. And it's that feeling of I know where this is all going and I, there's no deep layered story twisty business going on. I'm just here because there's a it's a joy to be here and that's how it feels. You finally you summed it up. That's exactly how I feel about it. And if Very we good. talked about it long enough, we get there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the best year in quarantine game is Animal Crossing New Horizons because seriously, we spent the year in quarantine and Animal Crossing is a way that I got <laughs> to go visit Scott and see his dumb hot dog costume he was running around in one day and then he'd come over to my island and I was just relaxing in a lounge chair while people threw bells at me because yep. turn up prices were good and like it's just such a unique, it feels like I had social experiences in a year where I didn't have social experience. You looked so. like freaking, uh, mm. uh, King boss rapper, like, uh, uh, who am I trying to like Biggie small sitting in that chair, sunglasses on piles of money all around you. Cause people are leaving tips on their way out. That was a hell of a thing to see when I came to your Island. That was, yeah, great. I was in a suit, I think yep. too, on yep. top of it. Yeah. So you were balling. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, best old is new again award John edition because I just stole this straight up from Scott uh, no man's sky I still somehow all these years later and the fact that I keep going back to it year after year still spent more time in no man's sky than a lot of other games and that game just keeps getting better Yep, and it has no business getting better like they've certainly made up for their initial launch at this point and now it's just passion project and every time i better for free too Mm -hmm. yeah good point yeah yeah and and i was like well maybe i'll have to buy it again for console because i was like it'd be nice to have it for uh the series x nope they just got it i just have it plus they just it's on game pass and yeah you're done so just got it just keep on playing no man's sky and uh, there's so many times it's just like, Hey, we did a new update and I'm running around on a planet. And then all of a sudden this gigantic metropolis looking building is on the horizon. I've never seen anything like it. And what is that? Yeah. Like I've never seen anything like this before. Or I go to a planet that looks like sin city where everything's in black and white, except the color red. Yeah. And like, that's the feature of the planet now. And I'm just like, <laughs> what the heck did they do to this game? Yeah. This is incredible. It's like really I cool. love this so much. I cannot say enough about those console upgrades either. If you're a PlayStation five or an Xbox series S or X owner, you just got the coolest console version of that game. It looks as every bit as good as my PC install of that thing. It looks fantastic. And don't, if you're yeah. sitting there to yourself saying, well, all my saves are on the PC. The fun of that game is starting anytime you want. Starting over is is fun in that game. 
Like it's yeah. not, it's, it's not like you, I mean, I guess you lose stuff, but you don't really, it's the, it's the process of getting there. Um, so yeah, a hundred percent, that game just keeps on giving and it has no right to, but yet here it is still doing it. It's awesome. Uh, so that brings us to the top three. Um, the third one was actually probably my most surprising. So my, my third best game of the year, final fantasy seven remake, a game I didn't even want <laughs> when it was coming out. Uh, the amount of times Bo was like so excited about that game. And I was like, I'm not going to play that game. Yeah, it's and probably even, annoying. even on paper, it's still a game that I look at and I go, I shouldn't like this. I have no nostalgic connection to Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. I don't like what modern like JRPGs have become. I miss the days of turn-based combat and picking my move from a menu and going slow. I know that that's old school. I know that turns me into an old man yelling at the cloud when I'm like, it's not like how I remember. <laughs> but I that's what I like. And this game is none of those things. This game is like, Hey, don't you love final fantasy seven? No. Hey, don't you like modern RPGs? No. Like, and somehow, Hey, don't you love anime stuff? Not really. (laughs) And yet somehow it still is one of my favorite games I played this year. And some of it is because that game really genuinely is that good, but also you know, it was a game, it was time and place, so it's going to be a little personal, but I got into that game right after uh, my now wife and I moved in together um, and her her kids came and lived with us. And that was, you know, we got, a, obviously we all got along before that, but that was the first thing where we sat down and played together, where mm. all of a sudden the kids are like, you know, we've got kids running around and they've got strong opinions on Tifa and Aerith and cloud. <laughs> and like, yeah, it was just such a nice like game for us to all come together and bond over yeah. that. Then even after I was done playing and they had watched me beat it, um, they would ask to play on the PlayStation four and they were trying to play through it. And just seeing them playing together and working together at it because one of them is, you know, a really competent reader. One is still struggling in that regard. So they're helping each other, but one's better at playing video games than the other is. And like, so they're working together and passing the controller and reading to each other, like seeing what that turned into definitely pushed it up. But even without all that very sentimental stuff, it's still a beautiful game. It's extremely cool. And the twist that they've done on the story and what that game might actually be and become is so cool. It's one of the neatest ideas I, I think I've ever had about a game. The idea of it being a remake, not in the sense of how you take it, but a remake as in these events are happening again and therefore are malleable and changeable is such a crazy concept for that game. And who knows where it goes? I yeah. couldn't be more excited for it. Awesome. Use an excuse not to have certain characters or things from the original. I'm going to be passed. <laughs> well, yeah, Hopefully. You, I mean, uh, you're right, Bo. You're hundred percent right. If it's just their justification for, well, we don't have to do this because yeah. different universe, uh, it can't be a scapegoat, but if it's a storytelling device, I think it's really good. Yeah, I um, you the one thing you guys talked about this year that I was the most excited to hear about, but wasn't playing myself was this. And at some point, I will play it. 
Um, PC version still coming. Uh, I don't know when the follow up. We don't know anything about the date on the next bit, right? Or do we? No. I think they just talked about oh. it, and I think they mm-hmm. said they're just starting. Mm. So yeah. we've got to wait. We're not going to see it for a while, although I'm yeah. sure they have some tools. Uh, you know, they're going to use. They're not going to start from scratch, but right. they're going to. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because this is the year where I I um, got closer to to where I can where I want to consume that game in really natural, weird ways. Like I played near automata this year, uh, didn't finish it, but played a ton of it and really enjoyed it. I really liked that game. That was cool. Mm. And there was a lot to say about that. I also really liked, uh, what was the other one I, pl- I played a bit of that? I was surprised. Oh, the, uh, dragon quest 11, uh, thing that's out with the, is it S or whatever it is? The, the one that lets you switch back to the old 2d looking graphics, if you want to, Oh um, yeah, that version of it. That that's more even traditional JRPG because it's it is turn based battles and all that stuff. But um, I got closer to liking that world. That world meaning the world of anime ass looking JRPG games that in the past just never interested me. I got way closer to that this year than any year in the past. So I actually think I'm really looking forward to it. I want to play. Um, that game. I, I hope with the PC version of it, they don't. I don't like this uh, this timed release thing. And I guess it's a Sony. Sony's got you know money in the game for for getting this exclusively for the next little bit. But um, I, I just I'm I'm actually excited about it because you guys liked it so much. So I guess you've sold me on it. Well done. Because I, no, I, 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 I had no affinity for any of this stuff. And yeah, I, bring bring your tissues with you. Really? And your sense of exploration and wonder, uh, gender exploration and wonder. Now, are those tissues for when I cry, or are those tissues for like some pervy guy when he plays with his meatballs? No, it's for when you realize you 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 are a beautiful girl too. In oh. addition to being a, an oh. awesome, wonderful, handsome man. <laughs> okay, then. All right, then. I can't believe I said all that. I like that this is the part you've decided to single out as the moment. It's really good. <laughs> it's really. I this there's lots that's great about the story. I guess I'll talk about it when I do my top stuff. But Ooh, like, okay, it's it, the it, story it melodramatic story wise. It's like I think without peer this year. Whoa, whoa, that's big. That's a. I'm trying to think what we what you would compare it to. I guess we can talk about it when we get to because uh, I do want to hear you yeah. expound. Yeah. Uh, all right, John. Where do you where at where are you at with number two? Number two, this was hard. Number one and number two, depending on when you ask me, it would be flipped. Um, but as of today and as of this moment, number two is The Last of Us Part Two, mm. which was a game that certainly also uh, not without controversy. Yeah. But this game, I mean, it's the sequel to one of my all time favorite games and they nailed it again. You know, it's one of the it's one of the best stories that I've seen portrayed in this way um people talk about that game in a way you just don't hear people talk about other video game narratives like um even when people are being critical of it they're being critical of it in a way that you don't normally get um you know people who have said that the game's too long it's it's a case of them saying, well, you know, I got the concepts of eye for an eye makes the world blind. I didn't need this amount of time spent seeing another perspective to, you know, and they just, they'll go off and it's like, 
that's that's the way we talk about books or ideas or philosophy. It's very rarely the way we talk about video games. Mm-hmm. And it's super cool that a game exists that does this. And it is a downer of a game. And it's a rough game to play in 2020 uh, to say, hey, I know everybody's feeling down and there's a pandemic, but do you want to play a game that's going to make you feel bad and is about a world that has died off from a illness pretty much (laughs) you're like yeah that's great that sounds awesome um the big thing that they did that changed last of us part two from one is the gameplay is uh way better it's a much more fun game to play and they also uh, naughty dog decided to you know kind of heed what i know you had levied as a criticism scott which was you didn't like playing the first game yeah i love the story Um, couldn't stand playing it And they have given you options to just make the game as easy as you want it to be, as tailored as you want it to be. Not necessarily easy, but if you're like, yeah, but I just, the game definitely encourages stealth and I don't like stealth. There's literally an option in there that says, if I'm crouched, I'm hidden from enemies. Like, unless they look directly at me or I stand up. Yeah. Just you don't have to now mess with any of the other dynamics in the game. They've, it's crazy that they you. did like like that 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 level of tooling on it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. letting you tune that experience to your desires is not something I expected from like a follow up to a big story game that didn't even have a multiplayer mode in it. Like their their goals here were not to tune. I don't know. Like the, giving people that kind of uh, control in a single player game made me hopeful that we get more games that do that because that's rad it's very cool because i mean they they clearly they ask themselves what are we here to do are we here to really challenge people or are we here to tell a story and the answer is kind of both because they also patched in you know a permadeath extremely difficult survival mode where they remove all the advantages that you have over the world and if you die your save's gone, you're done. Um, so they they definitely speak to the people that want to challenge, but they're also going to say, hey, if you just showed up for the story, we want you to have the best experience you can. Yeah. And rather than us decide how that comes across, you decide. You right. tailor it the way you want to. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. It made for the game. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mess with those features, but I'm extremely happy that it's a game that put that in there for other people to get into. That said, it's very much a sequel. If you have not played The Last of Us Part 1, I would argue you are not going to get out of it what they've designed for you to get out of it. Sure. It's it's a fun enough game to play, but that game is a part two of a story, and it is a game for a story. Right. So, that's you that's just get to be there you just get to be there pulling some switches and doing some stuff but really this is a conveyance of this story and when you look at when you think about it that way it makes sense they would give you all those controls because they're basically saying to you look we we really want you to see this and want you to see it out and see it through and participate in it but and we don't want to get in your way so decide you decide what obstacles to have in the way and then and then just come play our story with us. I think there's something really right. cool about that approach. I really like that. And and there's something too with you know most video games, especially narrative focused ones, you you ask people well, which ending did you get? You know, yeah. did you get the dark side ending, did you get the light side ending, what'd you get? 
Last of Us isn't here for that. Last of Us will let you go about getting to those story beats how you want, but you are watching a story unfold, and you might not agree with it. In fact, I would say in Last of Us Part 2, more often than not, you disagree with it. There are times where Last of Us 2 said, go do this. And I sat there and was like, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And it was like, tough shit. Go do it. This is the story. This is what those characters did. It doesn't matter that you, John Jagger, don't like what they're going to do. They're going to do it. And your job is to get them to that moment. And that's a really cool, unique take for a game. uh, Because so often we're used to being given choice and being given more agency over a character. But to be told, no, you don't have a say in this. Mm -hmm. You can hate it. You're going to do it, though. Because your other option is you just turn it off and you're done. But if you want to see it through, you're going to do it. Yeah. And uh, what if I did this? Let me ask you this. Now, I'm tempted and have been for a while to go watch. There's this YouTube video called The Last of Us, The Marathon Movie. And basically, Mm -hmm. it's for people who didn't play the game or want to relive it. They can go and watch basically the entire stitched together Last of Us 1 and 2 all the cutscenes and important story moments, even if they're in gameplay, all of this stuff stitched together in one long narrative. Do you think that that, for someone where I just don't feel compelled to get into the game at this point, but I want to see that story, do you, how, where do you, I'm just curious where you stand on that. This would be a fun little subtopic for us. Like, how do you feel about I, that sort of thing? I think it's good. I think it's neat that those exist. And I think the fact that those exist and haven't been there haven't been takedown notices ordered for these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. I think probably Naughty Dog sees value in their existence as well. You know, like they're they're kind of seeing it as, yeah, that's not a bad tool to have. I do think. There is something to how hard things are in that game. And I know that's the part you don't like is that they don't give you enough resources and the game's a little, it fights against you at times. It's punishing. Sometimes some of those story beats, when you know how hard you had to work to earn them, are more rewarding. But I think that's a small thing to lose in favor of getting the story. Mm. And then, like I said, with Last of Us Part Two, you could change it to be the way you want to play it, and then you'd be ready for it. I think it's worth watching. It's a very good story, and it's very well done. Yeah. And their production values, you know, Naughty Dog is second to none when it comes to that. I mean, you want... Last of Us Part Two is one of the best-looking games I played this year. In fact, I would just say it's the best-looking game I played this year. Yeah. And it's a last-gen game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't running on an upscaled anything. It's a PS4 game. Yeah. And it looks better than anything else I played. And it didn't have a ton of bugs. In fact, I think maybe there were a couple times where something weird happened. But generally speaking, it ran perfectly and flawlessly from beginning to end. And that's the thing that, you know, we talked a lot around the time Cyberpunk came out about this notion of what you expect from a developer. And Naughty Dog is one of those companies where if they put it out and it was buggy and messed up and all of that, that would be a surprise. That's a a company you kind of expect that quality from and they definitely deliver it. Yeah. You just, you trust, I trust that those guys are going to put out a polished finished game when they put out a game. What they do next is really interesting to me um, because we have no idea at this point, right? We don't have an announced project from those guys. 
No, uh, by all accounts, they, I mean, they said they were done with uh, Uncharted at three, and then they did four, and they said, okay, we're really done this time. Yeah. And uh, Last of Us, it, they could do another one, but who knows, you know? Mm-hmm. Who knows what that even looks like? So I don't know. Maybe it's a new IP for them. Maybe they go in a completely different direction. Side note, people that say, hey, how come Cyberpunk looks so bad on a PlayStation 4, um, but these games and like Ghosts of Tsushima can look so amazing and that Last of Us 2 can look so amazing on this last-gen piece of hardware? And the answer is simple. Uh, multi-platform development, this just is a, it's just a problem unless you really unless you've got teams focused per platform and are really focused on all right well this is the slower machine this is the slower whatever this is the different environment we're gonna dedicate a bunch of resources to making sure that it maxes out what it can do there and also work on this pc version which will look amazing like that's hard it's it's expensive also depends on their update chain too some of those games are designed to be one and done Right, and some of the game like Cyberpunk has post-launch plans, and so <clears throat> you can't also design very different applications. Like it's just it it exponentially increases the cost. Yeah, like it's not. Yeah, it's you're not totally realistic. right. In the case of CD Projekt Red, they are mostly a PC de- developer, which is not surprisingly the place where the least amount of bugs are and the least amount of problems are, and it looks the. No, they say that, but like their games are ob- always like console friendly. There's no like yeah. you can't play this game on a console because the control scheme is too complicated. No, that's true. That that part is definitely true. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, I'd even arguably say, and well, this show isn't about cyberpunk. Maybe we'll have more thoughts on it on a, on a future week. Yeah. But like, they're not the best at combat by a long shot. They like they get they get a lot of love, but Witcher 3's combat is not great. It looks good, but it's not. I don't find it very fun. Yeah. And so far, cyberpunk is. Eh, I'm a little on the. You know, you're playing Immortal. It sounds way more fun than the combat in Cyberpunk, even sure. though I really like the subject matter. So, yeah, I think I think that's starting to show. I think, unfortunately, yeah, I I agree. They could use some improvements there. Although I would say some of the some of the I mean, the shooting combat's okay. Like it's it's not bad. How do I put it's this? Just not like, exciting. <laughs> you no, know, it's yeah. You're right. It's pretty pretty boilerplate. It's not like we're doing anything crazy with it. Um, yeah. All right. So Thanks. I'm bookmarking this Last of Us story thing because I think I'm going to do it. John, it's six hours and eight minutes, this thing. Man, it's a long, it's a long game. <laughs> oh, man. That is just. Uh, so let's see. I'm trying to read this. Is this Last the TV of Us? show. Last just, of Us uh, yeah, well, they're, they're going to do it. I'm trying to see. By all accounts, it's going to be uh, the game. Okay. Uh, I'd just break I'm it sorry. up. It's- That's just six hours for the first one. This is. Number two, they haven't. It's not up here yet, but it's six hours and eight minutes for just story and some gameplay elements that have story in it. Six and a half hours, six hours and eight minutes. That's crazy. You I could mean, probably skip the one that has gameplay, although you might like it. I mean, just see see how you feel. Watch okay. a little bit of it. Okay. Last of Us uh, one is broken into four sections. It has a section for every season. Yeah. Uh, so I believe it starts in summer. And then, yeah, I got um, to the end of go. fall is where I fell off. Funny enough, I fell off. Oh, wow. Fall. So you, you made it, you made it pretty far. I did. I just, um, I just hated the, in- I hated the minute to minute. Man, what a rough, I know how fall ends. What yeah. a rough spot to end that yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I trust me. <laughs> I remember thinking this is, I, I need to, I remember at the time thinking, well, I'm going to stop here and then I'm going to play some of this multiplayer, which I actually kind of liked. It was fun. Um, and don't they have, they're doing something with a patch, right? Where they're bringing that back or something. 
Anyway. Yeah, I don't know if it's already in or if it's coming, but yeah, they're doing yeah, multiplayer I, for last. Kind of like that. That was fun. Well. But uh, but then, uh, then I thought, well, I'll just watch YouTube stuff, and then I never did. So I'm gonna do it now. That's I'd watch plan. it. I'd go back through. I would start at the beginning just so you're, you know, in the world again. But if you find yourself remembering it, maybe you could just skip to the end of fall. Yeah. And watch the rest. But it's All right. good. All right. I'm down to clown. Number one for you this year. Tell me about it. Not surprising. It's Hades. Hades. Uh, Woo! Man, it's really good. <laughs> it Hades. Good. <laughs> uh, this is. I, I had this game. I had this game before this year even started, and I didn't play it. And I feel foolish for having sat on it for as long as I did. Although, honestly, I'm going to say I'm glad I waited for the full release. Um, See, I think this Hades, is where it's not why it's not in my top three. I don't want anyone to go away thinking that Scott didn't like Hades. I love Hades, <laughs> but I played a lot of Hades during the alpha slash early access slash year long whatever. And by the time the full release came, I didn't I didn't get to see the glory of it in the moment the way that you guys did. That doesn't mean I didn't like it. In fact, I'd put it in my top five. If I had a top five, it would be that and then Monster Train. Uh, so it would be in there, but it's it didn't make my top three for that version. So I am also glad you did that, and I think that was the right way to do it. Uh, there are some people meant to be testing games in early access, and then there's some people who aren't. I think I'm one of the ones that shouldn't do that because I burn out early <laughs> is what happens. Yeah, yeah. all the fun. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, you're that early version. I don't think had the ending in it, right? Like, yeah. I think that was a whole part of it. Correct. Like, you there didn't none get of the final boss there. fight, or yeah, those si- those systems weren't even in there. Where the game had that sort of start over loop thing, that just wasn't there. So what I was playing was this early roguelike, and it was great. Don't get me wrong; like a really great release, and 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 maybe one of the best early access experiences I've had. But I do wish I would have done that. I would have sat on it longer or something. I just love those guys so much that every time they make a game, I just got to have it. And in this case, I wish I would have held off because I just would have I wouldn't have spent all my brain power on it early. And I would have I would have been more into it in the moment when it came out, when all the features were there and all that completion was there. And I just I, I couldn't I didn't have the stamina for it that you guys did, given given my time with it. But it's yeah, still amazing. It, it's an amazing game. So it absorbed my life for a period of time, sometimes in unhealthy ways. Uh, but it was just so good. And I can't, I, I can't say enough about a game that is about doing the same thing over and over again and still finds ways to be fresh that many runs in. I mean, to the point where even late in the game, I was getting new dialogue because... I managed to have the Minotaur kill his buddy while he was under a mind control effect mm. of mine. Yeah. And that generated unique dialogue between the two of them because they're so close and it was seen as a betrayal or mm-hmm. I mean, even little things like they, they do a thing where you up your, your uh, difficulty modifier and it changes how the boss fight work fight works. And you've got those two where Slight Hades spoilers, but if you do the more difficult version of that fight, the Minotaur is in full gold-plated armor, and uh, I can't think of the guy's name, um, but he has a war chariot with machine guns mounted to the side of it. <laughs> oh, is it a Perseus uh, or something like that? Um, is it Perseus? <laughs> I think so. Uh, hang on, yeah. Uh, but he's got, he's got a machine gun... 
Theseus. Theseus, yeah. Theseus, that's it. So he's got a machine gun. He's got machine guns mounted to the side of his war chariot, and he's got a dumb mask that he always gets made fun of for on it. And just by doing that, they have all this different dialogue because they're now decked out in armor and have access to machine guns. And what's crazy is that if you decide the next run after you introduce it, oh, well, you know what? I didn't like that fight that difficult. I'm not going to have that modifier. When you get back to him, he complains about the fact that he doesn't have his war chariot anymore and he misses it. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff that's in this game is it's just a joy to go through each and every one of these runs besides just moving this overall narrative forward. There's awesome hidden boss in there um that's really difficult but really cool and that doesn't even show up until late in the game and i just um, they they really leverage the fact that they don't have to an- animate or mocap anything right they show you a jpeg and and then you're like you know here's some new lines like they just leverage the shit out of that limitation right they're like yeah. well so we can't do 3d animated talking guys but we can give you a we can get this guy to do VO for like three days straight and have like an ass ton of dialogue. Like, yeah, let's use it all. Like, it's great. Yeah, yeah. it is pretty great. It's it's a reminder that like I would call that game indie, but but triple A like it's a triple A indie game. Yeah. Cream of the crop. Yeah. Everybody picked it as their favorite game. It seemed like like this was a huge critical hit across the board and it didn't matter. You know, people weren't distinguishing it from triple A titles versus an indie title or whatever. And um, I wish there were more developers like that where they kind of have this equilibrium of of polished, amazing final product, but small, tight teams with good working conditions and a strong ethic toward uh, design and creativity and the kind of stuff you hear about coming out of that company. Like that's they're just a real model right now. And I hope I hope we see more like that because they're rad. These guys are awesome. Yeah. I, I don't know what else to say about it. It did everything perfectly. Like, it was exactly what I wanted it to be. The only criticism I could levy at Hades is that it was too fun, and it became <laughs> a problem yeah. at times. I, think, I, I, I wish there was more variety. Yeah. I think there's, I think if I was to levy, levy one criticism at it, um, and just because having played Dead Cells on the back of it, it's fun to have a little variety in your runs, yeah. and Hades, is, it, it's... It probably has to be because of how much detail and dialogue they put into it, but it's a little samey where dead cells can have, you can have a lot more variety in a run. Yeah. I can I see that. It's not yeah. perfect. Yeah. I'm kind of in the mood for dead cells lately, by the way, since you bring that up. Dead cells is good. Oh yeah. my God. They've done a bunch of updates and stuff that I want to check out. So this is new DLC coming too, which I imagine again, will just up the variety. And mm-hmm. that's why I was sad to hear Hades isn't doing updates. Cause I'm like, dead cells is doing updates. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> well, not only that, I think yeah. Hades Hades was like a runaway freaking smash uh, financial hit for them. Like huge sales. Like that thing did really, really well. Even if you just do the math on who left comments on Steam and only Steam is the one platform, even though it was everywhere. Yeah, un- and initially unbelievable just on Epic. Yeah, so much money. It's so, they did really well. I would think that some sort of DLC or add-on pack would totally be in the works, but they've said no, right? They've said no, this is our game, and we made it. And I guess I respect. I mean, that based on the, I think I don't know if they said it or it's just based on their history. I think they did say it at one point, but they could someone could change their mind. I don't they, know. I I saw an interview with them recently, and they were a little cagey about it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Where they said, where they said, you know, we're we're still figuring out what's going to be next for us, and you know, we can't talk about it yet. But it was it wasn't 
necessarily shooting down the idea of more Hades content, but it was also not saying, you know, it wasn't saying yes, it wasn't saying no. Um, but I mean, th- that was the thing is I thought this game's ending set up an obvious sequel. And I was like, oh, I know where we're going with this game. There's going to be an obvious sequel and maybe an expansion, whatever. I know where this is going. No, if you just keep playing that game, you see that thing run through its course, too. Like, it it is very self-contained. And while I wouldn't argue with being able to play more of it, um, it it tells its story. Like, it it ends in a we're done kind of fashion. Actually, now that we're shooting criticisms at the game of the year, the other thing that kind of sucks (laughs) Is just that uh, that the highest difficulty room is a rat. <laughs> like you, you're fighting all these True. denizens of hell, and then you get to the surface, and it's like it's rats <laughs> yeah, in little rooms. Like there's an epic like boss fight and an epic like you know welcome to the last level, but the actual level part like kind of sucks in comparison to the rest of the game. Honestly, like. That's they crazy. should just patch that for free and put better shit in the, on floor four, if you ask me. You think they were joking um, around, well. like because the, they know that rats are like the first thing you do in an RPG? You go in the sewers and kill three rats, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think so. I think there's yeah. like a turn on its head kind of thing. Like I get it, and it's it's fine, but um, they well, could do better. Normally, judging by the think, first three worlds, they could yeah. do better. Yeah. Like when you think about it, like this game was inspired. They they said in part by Diablo and that idea of descending down. If you mm. look at this game in reverse, descending down to get to the underworld, it actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. wait a minute. It's the reverse. You're, you're right. It starts with rats and satyrs and stuff like that, and then gets into more interesting creatures from there. Um, hold on. Wait a minute. This game does play better in reverse or more traditional in reverse. Like, yeah. that is yeah, kind of yeah. funny. Yeah. I mean, I get why they did it. Yeah, there's like, you know, that that's the point. But at the same time, I want the bigger, badder monsters in the fourth tier. I don't want a bunch of little... It's, they could have just done a, a floor and you could have stepped on some rats and given you an epic floor four, but there's something different, basically. All right. That's true. That's I fair. think that's yeah. fair. Also, I think being poisoned is the worst feeling effect in video games in general. Yeah. Like whenever you get poisoned and your health is just ticking away. And yeah. uh, so that is the part that is the nightmare of floor four for me is that's where the poison mechanic comes into play. And I'm just like just can't stand it i don't hate love getting poison. poisoned so yeah. much which is ironic because you're always a rogue in things and you're always poisoning things uh but uh, you don't like having yeah it done i you. did the thing if it look if i'm the alien scott i don't have to be afraid of aliens yeah that's true. like it's always that be the monster you're afraid of and then you don't have to be scary be the scarier monster yeah you're fine my favorite thing about hades is that brian dunaway spell uh pronounces it hades so that's just AIDS. the thing I want to throw out there. He calls it. Oh, AIDS. really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he does it on purpose or not. He won't tell. Yeah, I can't tell because I've corrected him since and it seemed fine. But a part of me thinks he actually thought it was Hades when he first saw it. And I like to tease him about it. All right. Well, there's your top three from John. Uh, great list. And of course, some nice uh, extras there. Bo, uh, you've got you got some similar games on here. I would like to hear your uh, thoughts on three through one. Would you would you like, or do you want to start? Sure. Do, oh, start do I start peripheral? at three? Yeah, or do I you... start at the the honorable mentions. Yeah, do those. Do the honorable mentions because uh, yeah. in, in one particular case, Banner Saga one and two. I cannot wait to hear why I'm stupid for not continuing that series. So go ahead. Oh well, I mean, because they're good games. Like I, I guess it's not. F- it's uh, the games we love this year, so I guess it doesn't matter if they release this year. 
But this is when I, I played one before, but I finally, now that all three are out, I really wanted it. It's a continuate. It's a one game deal. Like it's spread over three games, but it's basically one game. It's a good story. It has beautiful artwork. Um, characters that matter to you can die. Decisions. It's got the Mass Effect deal where decisions can affect later, although not as dramatically as a AAA title. Um, and it's just kind of fun. It's also has a strate- strategic turn-based deal, so it's kind of a bit of that XCOM kind of. How do I, you know, it's less about my upgrades and more about my brain. I feel rewarded when I do well. I feel crappy when I get a setback and make a dumb decision to let somebody shady continue moving with me in the caravan. And the art, the music's beautiful. And it's also, you know, it's Oregon Trail. Like, it's not, it's not, it's a different genre. It's not yet another FPS or RPG. It's... Yes, it's a strategy top-down turn-based thing, but it's also this survival kind of game. So it's unique. It's beautiful. I still have yet to play three, and it carries over your saves, which is super awesome. And yeah, I mean, it's it's got that indie flair too. It's not. It's also not like you know a AAA title, but at the same time, it's immaculate in its art and music. So, yeah. Banner Saga definitely a game that I played a lot of this year and really loved. Uh, same with Dwarf, Deep Rock Galactic Dwarf oh, game. We got to play more, uh, don't we? Just amazing. We got to get in there. It's still, we just stopped for no reason. That game yeah. is kind of all you need, mm. really. And um, they've added so much to it. Like there's yeah. new mission types and new biomes and all sorts of I don't stuff. know. We didn't quit because we were sick of it. I think we quit. We just, we got, just got busy. Busy. The stuff was going on and, and we got like John got married and, and had a move yeah. and and Kyle and uh, Kyle and Kristen moved. Kyle was in that part of time with us. Bo has just got busy with stuff with work and everything. And it just got busy. But every time I think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, why are we not playing that? Should be playing that yeah, more. Oh, yeah. There's no reason. I know I started playing Divinity sort of on the tail end of it, um, mm-hmm. which is now finished as well. So, oh. um, yeah, uh, I guess I played a lot of Divinity this year, but I feel like it's an older game and didn't count. I've played it before. Did you carry uh, my? Dead did you Cells. carry my shitty uh, dwarf guy or uh, sorry, elf? Pubis guy von Chatterpuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, did yeah. Pubis make it all the way yeah. through? Okay. He made it all the way to the end. All but, right. Uh, the winner was because uh, there's a big well spoilers, guys. It's an old game now, but your N- your NPCs all fight. If you play multiplayer, they all fight each other. And Mike Mike's character, the summoner, won, of course, because the summoner summons other. Yeah, people, and then it turns out having more than one turn a turn is kind of the way to go yeah. to win. Um, that makes me happy though, because Mike was coming back to games in general, right? With this, and it was like a cool, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But you know, yeah. I tried to be a good sport about it, but Crofton didn't take it very well. Like, <laughs> no, you I'm don't like, say. Let's be his NPC, and he just refused to be his NPC. But what's fun about Crofton is that um, his daughter for Christmas bought him Poke- the new Pokemon yeah. um, game. And he's got to be her sidekick. Like it was, a, it was her gift to him. <laughs> That's great. But he doesn't get to play. She just gets. He just gets to sit and watch. And That's awesome. Kind of I love that. Anyway, take that, Crop. Yeah, I love that too. That's why I, I just I think that's perfect. Yep. It's justice in my mind. Mm. Um, Dead Cells was really great as well. I played a ton of it. I think that deserves a lot of cred. Uh, right up there with Hades, honestly. I agree. So on to my top three. Number three was Final Fantasy VII Remake. Not actually the best game. Uh, hard to even justify that it, it qualifies sometimes with its kind of one-dimensional combat and on rails, not very interesting levels, but it's gorgeous. It honors the source material and it made me cry several times. 
uh, and was very beautiful and and enjoyable in that way. So it kind of hit, it kind of gets over that line to other games by how much it moved me and how beautiful it was and and just how epic the experience is. It's yeah, it's not perfect, but it's 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 like that gem in the rough kind of thing. It's mm. there's just so much heart to it. It's basically the equivalent of video games is Pixar movie in my mind. Yeah. Um with it being more adult content. Uh yeah. Nice. Number 2 is Hades. Yeah. For obvious reasons we all kind of talked about, it's super good. And a game we haven't talked about yet, which is my game of the year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Doom Eternal. Oh yeah, Doom Eternal coming back up from the bottom there. Look at that. It's awesome. Doom Eternal is probably the best thing that was released 2020. It was super hyped, lived up to the hype, did something new with the strictly shooter genre that wasn't, hey, let's do RPG mechanics, guys. Wee. Like I'm I'm so sick of RPG mechanics in every game. And even though, yes, there's an upgrade path, it's insignificant, honestly. It's it's just an unlocked path. Like it's not the game f- grabbed me for hours and hours and hours without needing to do the treadmill RPG mechanics just because playing through the levels were a sheer joy mm-hmm. and cranking up the difficulty was a sheer joy. I really feel like the game innovated on what a level should be. It leaned into the fact that it was a video game and not trying to be a simulation of what if the world really was covered in hell demons, mm-hmm. but still felt really realistic, you know, very believable and and incredible. Uh, the speed of the game was maintained, but most of all, the game made enemies interesting in more than just this is their pattern, learn it, but that they had weak spots, the guns interact with them in different ways, um, there's an environment you can use, and and the, be- the behavior was very good. Like a lot of AI, like Cyberpunk AI, oh my god, it's like if we were to rank games on how good they were for AI, that would be the that's zero. It's the worst game of all. It's so bad. <laughs> And you can really tell, honestly, like it's terrible. And and um, Doom Eternal is like the complete polar opposite. The enemies all behave in frightening ways. They're mechanically interesting. And in more than probably any other game I've played this year in terms of AI, like it, it actually has an AI that it feels like it's watching my movements and pre- then predicting my behavior based on what I've previously done in certain scenarios. And it's almost creepy. Mm. Um even though it's very subtle, I can notice it and appreciate it. Uh, yeah, this is the best. This is the best video ass video game that was released all year, in my opinion. <laughs> all right, yeah, no, I, uh, I mean, I know it quickly got eclipsed just by you know the sheer glut of stuff that came after because it came out pretty early, and I remember at the time thinking, "Will we remember this?" And in particular, you because you loved it so much at the time of the release, and I just thought, well, "We're going to hear about this one again." and um, I'm glad to hear that it held up for you and stayed yeah, number one. I mean, I'm going to go back and play it at some point as soon as I stop being scared of it because then I got anxiety issues this year yeah. and it became really hard to play because it's a scary game. Yeah, it was. <laughs> really, I really love it still. Super uh, stimulating that game. Again. Yeah, not scary, but stimulating. You, you get stressed playing it. Like yeah. it's like yeah. the music's like and everything's like ah, trying to kill you and yeah. Yeah, it's it's very stimulating. But it's one, of, um, it's one of the first games that since the purchase of Bethesda that Microsoft has put up everywhere uh as as an available thing just on Game Pass for, in perpetuity. So you can just get it uh on Game Pass now is on Is that on Xbox uh, DLC that they made they put out for it? Is that in Game Pass as well? Uh, or do you have to buy hmm, that? You know what? I don't know. I would th- 
I did not love Doom Eternal enough to buy the DLC, but I might love Doom Eternal enough to play the DLC if it's for free on Game Pass. Yeah. I heard there's good things about the DLC, but I think I think Doom appeals to a specific crowd beyond playing just the campaign. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's yeah. You know, there's a I'm I'm looking forward to trying it. I just I've been a little leery of playing Doom Eternal right now. Yeah. And I don't I don't want to necessarily sound like I'm poo-pooing Doom Eternal. I played through that entire game. I beat it. I had a very good time with it. It didn't eclipse the original for me, but I do want to give props to what you said, Bo, because I think so rarely do games do this, and I think they should be applauded for it, which is they didn't just decide to go and make what everybody else was making. Like They decided to make something totally different with their sequel and it's very cool whether that ended up being better than what you thought the original was or not that's irrelevant like it's awesome that they decided to do something new rather than just go well what if we just did more doom until people get sick of it again yeah i agree I, and they could even go further that way uh, and and stuff i think that'd be good by the way so i'm looking as of two months ago the dlc was looking like it was standalone meaning you didn't have to get the previous game to play it. Uh, so it's you know oh, apart from Eternal, but connected no, to Eternal. They had, they had a season pass like on launch. They were selling, you know, they sell the season pass early. I thought they had one for a while. Well, let's see. Um, as Doom DLC is apparently supposed to be standalone, so it would definitely be around. Uh, it's like, the, know, it's maybe like I'm the, wrong. I just, I thought there was a game. I thought the game pass was announced on launch with the game. Well, it sounds like it's, Oh, you mean a, a season pass? It might have been, but the yeah. but it looks like for sure game pass, regardless of how you get it, it'll be there. So the the down the downside okay. would be, I guess, if you're playing it on Steam, uh, and then the DLC comes out as a standalone, you can still play it, but uh, nothing would carry forward if anything Ooh. is meant to carry forward. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. You can sell it as DLC. No, because everything's very like it's very account driven. Like you. If it was a standalone, you just have the the login UI and your yeah. account, your Bethesda account stuff. Yeah. And you just wouldn't have access to the base game. And actually, it makes a lot of sense that it would be standalone. Yeah, I don't know when this uh, is. I think the, about it. I don't know when this it, is. It seemed like they were planning because the master levels thing hasn't really panned out yet. It seemed like they were trying to make it like we're going to have the campaign and then we're going to have these master levels. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to make this more of a shooter, puzzly, competitive viewing experience, or you know what I mean? Brag who's the fastest kind of right. thing. I just don't think that's really materialized. And unsurprising, it has never really been big on, yeah. you know, following through with great success on these things in, in recent times. Sure. Well, it'll be uh, fun to see. So there you go. Doom Eternal sitting atop proudly of the pile of games Bo played in 2020, sitting there waving its flag, going, Rrr. Hell demon. All right. Well, uh, those are our top games of the year. I bet that matched a lot of people's uh, various lists, and I'll bet Hades is all over people's lists. If that's uh, if I had to guess, um, weirdly, all this talk about Hades makes me want to get back into Dead Cells, and I don't know why. So, <laughs> uh, Hades said Dead Cells is super good, but I have one question for you guys. Mm. Um, what game did we miss? Like, what game was like really lauded by a lot of people? Oh, overwhelmingly man. let's say that is just not on here like is there oh that's a great question i'll um, tell you one i don't think this is necessarily like the game in the spirit of what you're asking but i'll tell you one that i wish the three of us played together uh-huh. 
which is that um, phantasmophobia. I know, Scott, you've played a little bit oh, of that. Oh, phantasmophobia. Yeah, I did play it. I played a bunch of that. That game as a group would be, yeah, we're dumb for not doing that. That That's a game I wish that when it was getting going and getting popular and getting big, I wish we had all come together and played that. Yeah. Um, yeah. With Kyle and Kristen as well, or if it only goes up to four, you know, whichever one of them is not looking after baby chunks at the moment. But <laughs> Uh, yeah. I really wish we had had come together for that one because I think that game would have been awesome with the group of us. Um, for for me, uh, this is such a great question because it kind of can go all over the place. But I totally agree with that. Uh, we didn't really get on that Among Us train either. Although I don't know, I don't know if that would have been for us or not. But maybe we should. I don't think that we out. needed to. We maybe I, didn't I, need to. It's I don't know. cool. It's cool ideas, but I I don't know. I don't know either. I felt like that that oh, thing was. You know so what? Weird I know the trendy. one. I know the one. Technically not I'm this year anyway. It, it came out in 2018, so I don't know if it even counts. But go ahead, Bo. Yeah, the one. It's Half Life, Alex. That's oh, the one. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I don't have a VR headset to try, so I'm like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I missed out or missing out by not playing. Like even though I could play it later, I I just feel like that's probably a really good game. It, it, I've watched Crofton play over Discord and stuff. He, he streamed it to me. And um, you guys just did a one-on-one with that, right? Good. Like you just streamed it to you, and you. Were yeah, yeah, we didn't stream it to the internet. Well, I think I did at one point actually too, and it was weird because it was a little off-center, and but it was fun. It was kind of like probably what it's like playing with you on a scary game to be like <laughs> ah, you know, screaming, and yeah. I'd be backseat playing, and you know, yeah, yeah. that game it seems I, by every. I mean, everybody's played it. I even have the headset, and I didn't do it. Um, I don't know why I didn't do it. Uh, VR and I are having a having a moment in terms of I mean, trying to decide whether we yeah. love each other or I not. Think, but I think the, everyone is because it has the Valve DNA. That whole like you know, just even from watching it, like the weirdness and the oh, you pick that up and it turns a bolt somewhere or something like that and does a thing. You know, like mm-hmm. it's Half Life. Like yeah. it seems, which yeah, we all but, want, right? We all want more Half Life. But um, so I was looking at Metacritic. It is the fifth best reviewed game of the year on all of Metacritic. Um, I think the VR audience is still small. Yeah, that's yeah. what it I is. I mean, I I didn't play it for exactly that reason. I certainly it's so small won. that the biggest memed game, Half Life Three win, like yeah, is like barely talked about. Sorry, I interrupted you, John. No, I I completely agree. It, I don't have some soapbox to stand on and go. I don't want to play Half Life, Alex, because blah, 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 I don't have the VR, yeah. and I'm not going to get the VR for Half Life, Alex. Like I'm. It seems like a great, phenomenal game, but that's a lot of money to invest for for one thing. Yeah. And until that one thing can be many things, you know, it's it's a tough sell because there needs to be an amazing game to get people to buy the headsets. People buying the headsets needs to exist for them to make more games like it. Yeah. Um, mm. And there have to be more games like it to get me to buy the headset. So it kind of is circular. Um, you need more companies like Valve that have the money to be able to invest in making something really good uh, to try to sell people on the platform, even if it's not going to necessarily make up whatever it costs to put into it. Um, but until that happens, I can't justify the VR cost. And Yeah, I mean, the arguably yeah, made I'm, the best VR game ever made. and But they still have to deal with whatever limited install base there is to play it like that's yeah. just a weird that's a weird thing man it's a weird place to be 
Hmm. I'd also put Miles Morales on mine. I don't have a PS5, and I think it's on PS4, but I don't play on my hmm. PS4 enough to justify it. So I am a huge Spider-Man fan, and I was very excited for Miles Morales, but I just didn't have a way to play the optimal version of that game. So that's another one that I am missed out on. So yeah, I would put I that on my list to, also. But, sure. Uh, for me, uh, probably... This is going to sound weird, but everybody told me I, I should have played Persona 5. Um, <laughs> or Persona 5 Royale? or what, What's it called? Is that right? Hold on. Yeah, Persona 5 Royale. I don't know. Oh, if, yeah. I don't know if that's like, I don't know if that means anything other than it's like the version for the PlayStation 4. But everybody and their dog were like, dude, you, you're not going to, I know you hate the, you think you hate these games, but Persona 5 is going to change your mind. And I remember being I tempted. Know. Like I don't know if that would do that. I agree, John. I totally agree. <laughs> but that's what people said. And so I thought about it a lot. I thought about it. Okay. I mean, Did you ever out. play any of the Persona games? Four. Scott? I played four. A bunch of four. I shouldn't like say it? I played four. Um I like turn based <laughs> I, I like turn based combat. I hated the school stuff. I hated that stuff. So I probably wouldn't like why would I like five? Right? Yeah, it doesn't sound like game of the year material to me. School. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're probably you not immediately wrong. disqualified yourself by including school content in your game. The other one I thought I would get on day one and would be all for because I love the first one so much and it did review really well and people love it is Spelunky Two and I didn't grab it. Um, mm-hmm. I think I was feeling a little roguelike out and uh, I was like, yeah, that'll keep. I'll just hold off on that. But Spelunky Two, by all accounts, is the sequel you wanted to Spelunky one. Uh, and then, man, I, I probably should have played that Ori and the will or that's what's the sequel Ori and the yeah. wisps of the will or wisps, whatever it is. What is it called? Hold on. I think you got it. Will of the wisps, will of the wisps, which is different than Ori and the forest of monkeys or whatever the first one was called, but I always get their names mixed up and, uh, it screws me up. But anyway, I think I, I think I meant to play that more and kind of wish I would have. I touched it and then went, oh, I'll get to that later. And then I didn't. Oh, the other thing I was going to give an honorable mention to was Gears Tactics. I really liked that game. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot. Well, and Gears 5, too, honestly. Yeah, they didn't, 5's great. Like, it's 5 came out this year, too. 5 and Tactics were both solid entries. Yep. And Tactics are... Gears tactics. 5 this year? Man, Gears 5 was so early this year, it feels like an eternity ago. Yeah. But I really liked Gears 5 as well. Yep. That game was great. Yep, it's great. Uh, I'll tell you what, you're looking for, if you're looking for a showcase title on the Series X, the Gear, Gears 5 is drop-dead, mind-blowingly gorgeous, smooth, beautiful on there. Um, and it's XS uh, enhanced, so it's not like we're just looking at an old game here. It looks amazing on that hardware. So everybody's talking about, Oh, halo better nail it. When halo infinite comes, that better be the showcase. The showcase is on there. It's just, nobody's thinking about it. Freaking gears five looks insane on that console. Uh, but gears tactics, I think just wasn't, was a reignite, a reignition of my love of, of a good turn-based tactics game. And I like that they stripped out some of the complicated, uh, home base stuff for that particular entry. So I could just sort of focus on the combat, focus on the story. That being said, I picked up Phoenix Point uh, Definitive Edition or Year One Edition or whatever it's called. Okay, so mm-hmm. you guys remember that? The whole thing with Phoenix Point, it was like original XCOM people and it came out and it was kind of a buggy mess and everybody was like sad. But, uh, you know, the core of it seemed okay, but they were, you know, it was like, oh, well, they'll, they'll fix patches over time. Well, they've done that. It's been a year since that thing came out. I decided to try it again the other day. Phoenix Point's pretty damn good now. 
And it's yeah. got all that stuff John likes. Like, I want to make my mm. dudes look a certain way and give them funny names and all that. It's got that. <laughs> Not funny um, names, your names. Our names, sorry. Friends, your friends' names. <laughs> um, but I'm going to give that another shot here uh, this coming week. I'm going to just spend some time with Phoenix Point because I just, I really like that stuff. I think tactics games are rad and there should be more of it. Uh, okay, that's it. We've done it. We've summed up the year, and we did it in style. How do you guys feel about 2020 in video games? Not the rest of it. Forget about the rest. I feel like I don't even know what's coming in 2021. Uh, I don't either. What's what's a big thing? Um, a lot of stuff was delayed, so we should have things in our head. Uh, like 2020, I was like, all these games are coming out, and you know, it's come and gone now, pretty much. And now I'm like, what's coming out next year? I'm like, I don't even know. Biggest hmm. 2021 yeah. game releases. Let me just look here. <laughs> Nothing, as it turns out. That's hilarious, because I... 2021's the year the pandemic catches up with us and nothing comes nothing out. Nothing comes out. really liked 2020 games. Oh, okay. Okay, some of this now I can see. All right, Hitman 3, that comes out in February. Very, very excited. Or no, okay. January, I'm sorry. I, yeah, like, January. I like Hitman games a lot. A lot, yep. That's one I'm looking forward to. The Medium, big uh, PC slash Xbox X and S game release. Uh, it's supposed to be very good. Outriders... Uh, let's see what was Outriders. Uh, I don't know what that is. All Dash right. Rendar's ship. That's right. Uh, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury remakey thing for the Switch. I'll probably get that because I love that game, but that's not really new. Uh, let's see, Bravely Default Two. Boy, these aren't nothing's killing me here yet. Let's see, uh, Returnal. I know. <laughs> Uh, Returnal? Did retur- you just use the word Returnal? Returnal. It's a game coming out March. Uh, the developer Housemark. Oh, I love Housemark. Uh, known for excellent twin-stick shooters like Rezogun, stepping into a new genre with Returnal. Described as a third-person roguelike shooter, Returnal is set in a procedurally generated alien world. Uh, currently a PS5 exclusive. Uh, okay, so there's that. Um, man, you guys, I... Yeah, there's like, this. like there's games coming, but this, these are not like you know another Far Cry, great, you know like oh, yeah, Lego Far Cry Star 6. Wars, yeah. Halo cool. Infinite like, will be next year. Oh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, so that's a thing. Whoa, hold yeah. on, yeah, we can play through all of the Mass Effects again. <laughs> great, I'm on board. 2021 is going to be a fantastic year. I'm going to get all the achievements in all of the Mass Effects for a second time. Uh, New World will come out. That's a, that's that MMO from the Amazon Studio thing. That's a big deal. So Great. That's, yeah. New World. that's the one that isn't the strategy game that I'm interested in on the Epic Game Store, right? Yep, that's the one. It's Old World <laughs> you're thinking of. Old World. Okay. Yeah, funny enough. You guys are going to have a new Resident Evil to play, I think. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. That's Resident right. Evil 11. Resident yeah. Evil Village. Or Village 8, yeah. And then you got your Halo Infinite. I, yeah, that's a big one. Uh, yeah, let's see. There's a Gollum game coming out. Uh, GTA 5 re- next-gen revision deal. And then Horizon v- Forbidden West. So you got a new Horizon game. That's kind of it. Oh, God of War Ragnarok. I mean, but that, that's not happening next year. There's no way we're getting that. I guess like there's, there's big games, but there's nothing that I've heard that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to play that. Like For me, it's like a dry thing right now. I'm like... I'm just like I, yeah. I didn't have my Doom Eternal. My Cyberpunk is come and gone. You know, I'm just like, mm, it's empty. No new Final Fantasy. I don't got anything hooking me right okay, now. Okay, I got three words for you, Bo. Warhammer 40k Darktide. Mm. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm interested in that. It's mm-hmm. not. Right. It's not that high high level of hook though. Yeah, maybe it will become. But it's rat I've game. It's rat game in space. Come on now, same developer. Rat game in space. Yeah, with all the big suits and yeah, the dramatic I mean, talking. Looking I forward it. to it for sure. I just mean not like fever pitch. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I need a break from fever. Because you're gonna hear you're gonna hear the voice of some guy going. Ezekiel, flank our left for many of the emperor's enemies do attack us. And we're going to go, yeah, dude. I hope one of the guys is like, excuse me, you stupid marine, but that potion's mine. (laughs) Give me that serum. (laughs) You think you're so fancy with your armor? They better bring him back. I have the power of technology in my butt. What was his name? I forgot. Uh, Salt Spire. Salt Spire. If he doesn't make a return, we're all doing it wrong. <laughs> all right. That's we all it. miss Salt Spire. <laughs> yeah, we do. That's going to be it for the game or for the world or for us, for the show. That's what I'm trying to say. For this show, this year, yeah, that's right. Closing out 2020, we will be back in the new year with a bunch more content. So please come back, spend some time with us uh, in the first week of uh, 2021. We'll talk about uh, some of these games that don't sound exciting. And what we've been playing. I'll talk a little more about my take on Phoenix Point. Because uh, I think I'm already happier with it than I was the day I first played it. So we'll talk more about that and so much more next week. Before we leave, John, any final words of wisdom? Play Hades. Yes. Or adjacently with your Greek love. Uh, if you want some Greek love, go over there and play your Phoenix Rising as well. Very, very good. Do the trifecta. Play Hades, play Immortals Phoenix Rising, and play uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. There you go. Just immerse yourself in pomegranates. That's right. Let let pomegranates be what they were always meant to be in your life. Central is what I'm trying to say. All right, Bo, words of wisdom. <laughs> I don't have any. I got to poo real bad. Let's have the show. <laughs> no, Actually, I'm going to go now. I'll That's some advice. Don't poo or poo when you have to poo. There's your good advice. I appreciate it. All right. Here's what you need to do in the meantime. Go to patreon.com slash TM, uh, TMS slash core show and help this show continue to be rad into the new year. That's patreon.com slash core show. Huge thanks to everybody who already supports us. If you haven't yet, go give it a look and uh, get on board. We'd love to have you. Frogpants.com slash core for everything else. Send us your emails to cock, uh, cock. Send it to talk to the core at gmail.com. That's talk to the core at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us, for me, for John, and for the pooping bow. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.